Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Wednesday, July 22nd, 2023. As we speak, the MLB trade deadline has come and gone. There might still be some moves that we haven't quite seen yet because it is only 6.12 p.m. at the moment, but we've had some great deals, especially just throughout this entire weekend. And Colin, what better way to do it than just talk about every single one that went down? Uh, That's the only way to do it. All right, well, let's pick up right where we left off because I believe the last trade that got talked about was... What? Let's see. The 26th was what day? The, that was Wednesday. I don't think. Yeah. So um, Lucas Giolito was the last trade we talked about on this podcast. And that was with Luke on Friday's episode. So let's start here. Carlos Santana get, uh, goes to Milwaukee. Pittsburgh gets Johnny Severino in return. I, I think this is more of a depth move for Milwaukee. But it's not a bad move at all. Yeah, and I mean, just in that series with the Braves, he was already starting to have an impact on that roster. So I think it's definitely a good move for the Brewers as they're hunting for that postseason spot. Yeah, for sure. And as of right now, because of this past weekend, they've dropped out of first place in the NL Central, but sit pretty well in the wild card. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a constant fight between them and Cincinnati to see who holds that top spot in the Central. So, but they need to keep fighting because they're still alive in that wild card along with the uh, Giants and the D-backs. Yeah. And then our next move, uh, a pretty big one, Miami. They pick up David Robertson from the Mets. In return, the Mets get Marco Vargas and catcher Ronald Hernandez. Not giving up much on Miami's end, honestly. And you pick up a pretty solid middle-of-the-rotation starter. Yeah, and that's... Really, Miami, they just, their worst part for pitching has just been bullpen. Their starters have been okay, not held to the expectations like Sandy Alcantara had been, and, you know, Yuri Perez was sent down to save innings and stuff like that. But David Robinson definitely adds bullpen depth. And like you said, they didn't give up much. Uh, but on the other side, the Mets were we starting to see like a major selling point this year. And we'll talk more about that as we go on. Yeah. And then to kick off Friday, which had two great deals go down, it seemed like that was the White Sox day to send those guys out. They send Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly to the Dodgers for outfielder Trace Thompson, obviously the brother of Clay Thompson, and two prospects, Nick Nestrini and Jordan Leisure. I don't I don't know. I think this trade is fantastic for the Dodgers. The White Sox got absolutely nothing in return for two cemented big leaguers, including one very good starting pitcher. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what... The, I guess the White Sox are just unloading because one of the guys that they got that was MLB ready with Trace Thompson, they have Eloy, they have Luis Robert, and Benintendi. So where is he going to play? I have a feeling he'll just be kind of rotational. Um, they they obviously don't need him. I think this is just a matter of they wanted somebody that's going to play immediately in the big leagues in this trade. And you get two pitching prospects, so you never know how that's going to go. It could go very well for them. But at the moment, the Dodgers absolutely fleeced you. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like Lance Lynn, I mean, you bring Joe Kelly back to LA, sparks are going to fly. All right. Especially when he gets to that postseason, because you know the Dodgers are going to be in the postseason no matter what. Yeah. And then the other trade that went down on Friday, another one for the White Sox, they send off Kendall Graveman to the Astros. In return, they get catcher Corey Lee. I I think this one's relatively even. Yeah, Corey Lee's not like some, you know, cemented big league catcher, but you definitely need some so, uh, some catching help because the catching that the White Sox have right now is not doing it for them. Yeah, I mean, what is it? It's uh Zavala and Grandal, right? I believe so. Yeah, I mean, Corey Lee is very good behind the plate. He had his struggles when he came up and made his debut with the Astros. Uh, I believe in 12 games, he batted 160, I I want to say. But, I mean, Houston getting Kendall Graveman back is phenomenal. Like, he's coming back home to where really his name really stood out. And the, the name of the game, this trade deadline, was pitching. Yeah. All right, so to them to get a top-tier relief pitcher – really helps them as they move forward heading toward, heading to October. Yeah, and uh, this is just the uh, start of a trend for Houston in this trade deadline <laughs> uh, of getting guys back from last year. So we go to Sunday, or sorry, Saturday. Only one trade goes down all of Saturday, and it's a bombshell. Yeah, it's, it's a big-ass trade. I mean, the Texas Rangers acquiring Max Scherzer and cash considerations for Luis... Uh, Angel Acuna. Yeah. Look, this one, on uh, oddly enough, this is an even trade. Yeah, I mean... A- outside Acuna, of the money. Acuna's gonna be a stud. Yeah, look, he swings just like his brother, okay? That's all you need to know. So, we, when you know that you have those two training together in the offseason, the Mets knew, they know what they're getting, alright? They're look. trying to stay equal with Ronald and the Braves by getting his younger brother to match him. Hey, I'm just saying, it seems like nobody can win the National League East without Nakunya. So... The Mets still aren't winning shit. (laughs) No, they're not. But, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see what what it looks um, like. One thing, another, like, so Texas must must really love high-paid Mets pitchers. Yes. Because they took Degrom, now they're getting Scherzer. Yep. So I was, can, can we expect Verlander there in a couple of years? <laughs> honestly, no, no, not at all. No, not at all. But the the cash is the interesting part here because the Mets sending money with Max Scherzer is crazy. For one player, but I guess it's that it's that Acuna name. Well, I don't know if it's really like uh, part of it is just that the Mets are paying half of Max Scherzer's salary, which is a lot of fucking money. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's just crazy. Like the Mets are spending over a hundred million dollars on players that aren't on their team this season. <laughs> that's such a Mets thing. Yeah, it, it's it's absolutely insane. And the fact that Texas, or the fact that the Mets are in a position, and Max Scherzer was in a position, to where the Rangers 
made them send money with Max Scherzer to acquire him for a prospect. Yeah. Oh, and Grayson, we just uh, news just dropped on a new trade. Okay. Well, let's we'll get to it. We'll get to it once uh, once we get there. But um, let's move to Sunday. This is when the moves started happening. They knew the deadline was Tuesday. Some people wanted to get him in before then. And we start with Toronto. They pick up Jordan Hicks from the Cardinals for two pitchers, Adam Kloftenstein and Sam Roberts, I believe is the one. I think that's how you say it. Uh, never heard of either of these pitchers. So they must have come from the minors for Toronto. And picking up Jordan Hicks is not yeah, a bad I mean, deal. Jordan Hicks. No, not at all. Definitely, definitely something Toronto was looking for. Yeah, exactly. They needed a little bit of help in the bullpen. Jordan Hicks certainly addresses that. Flamethrower, that's really all there is to his game. He's not the best at all. But when you throw 103 miles per hour, you know, you kind of get a, you get a little more on your name. Yeah, you're going to get out one way or another. Like this past year, he's had he's definitely had his control issues. So who knows? Maybe going to Toronto, change of scenery is going to be what he needs to lock back in. Yeah. And then uh, the next big one, uh, another departure from St. Louis, Jordan Montgomery and Chris Stratton head to the Rangers for Thomas Sagace, Takoa Roby, and John King. Once again, a great pickup for Texas. Yeah, I mean, it seems like just between those two trades we've talked about, they're getting some big-name players without having to give give anything up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, we've got a ton of trades rolling in right now. I uh, know, bro. I'm of, watching uh, it Yeah, right As now. of 620, so much is dropping right now. But we will get there, I promise. But first, let's talk about this pickup. Interestingly enough, the Braves, they pick up Nicky Lopez from the Kansas City Royals, and in return, the Royals get left-handed pitcher Taylor Hearn, who you might remember the Braves picked up last week. He made one appearance, didn't look good, and shipped him off. I love it. If if Nicky Lopez records five hits for the Braves, Alex Anthopoulos is a genius. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so so what he's doing right there, it's just that down toward the end of the season, if Arcia Ozzy need a day off, he's there to fill in the spot and still give us quality ABs and that stellar defense because he's known more for his glove than his bat. I think he was batting like 212 over in Kansas City. Yeah. So all we need is quality ABs. Yeah, for sure. And then um, let's move on to the next one, the biggest trade of that day. Um this one's interesting. The Angels, who go on a, a solid, uh, they have a solid weekend, put themselves in a buying situation. They take Shohei off the market, and they pick up CJ Crone and Randall Grichuk from the Rockies for right-handed pitcher Jake Madden, Jake Madden, and left-handed pitcher Mason Albright. I, I love this trade. Me too. But, you know, the Angels could have avoided this trade if they never let CJ Crone and Randall Grichuk leave after drafting both of them. Yeah. It's it's like we said, it's the start of people coming home. Yeah. That, that's that's that is the theme for this year's trade deadline is coming home. Yeah, and 
those two are uh, immediately making an impact. I think both of them with uh, RBI hits against the Braves yesterday. Yeah, I know Grichik had that solo home run. I think Crone has picked up a home run as well. But nonetheless, Crone with like an RBI double, they're immediately having impacts, like you said. And yeah. the way the Angels have been playing have turned themselves into buyers. And I think they had a successful trade, trade deadline week. Yeah, agreed. Um, but that brings us to Monday, the day before trade deadline eve. Tampa Bay and Cleveland get it started. Aaron Savale heads to Tampa for Kyle Manzardo, first base prospect for the Rays. This pickup's fantastic. I, I didn't see Cleveland being in this kind of situation where they'd be selling off starting pitching, but you know, considering their situation standings-wise, it's not too surprising. Yeah, but does this sort of mean that they're accepting second place? I don't think as so. of beginning of August, because I mean, who else they got? I mean, yeah, they still got Shane Bieber. I think if they were accepting second place, Bieber would be gone. Yeah, but like Savali was like their most trustworthy guy this year. Yeah, uh, like he's he's outperforming Bieber this year. So to see him, I'm I'm honestly more surprised that they kept Bieber and not him. I would have had it the other way around. Yeah, but Bieber gets paid more, so it's a little harder to deal him off. Yeah, but nonetheless, phenomenal trade for Tampa gives them another phenomenal ace or starting pitcher. Yeah, and then the next move, uh, I think me and Colin both agree with this. We talked about this one a little bit overpaid, uh, at least on uh, what Arizona had to give up for him. But Arizona picks up Paul Saywald from Seattle for Dominic Canzone, an outfielder, infielder Josh Rojas, and infielder Ryan Bliss. I just think that's a lot. That is just so much because Bliss has got a lot of upside to him. Yeah, he's a phenomenal. He could. He's probably going to be a second baseman once he gets to the show, um, just because of arm strength and size. But Josh Rojas, I mean, phenomenal third baseman that is MLB ready for any team. Yeah. So um, I guess they're riding the Longoria. I I guess because I mean Josh Rojas is like a young guy. Yeah, that's what surprised me the most here. I I think Seattle saw this as an opportunity to, you know, give up a closer because they don't really need that. They're not in the situation for it, but kind of ask pretty high and get a great return out of him. Yeah, I I agree with that. So honestly, as I I want to say Seattle wins this trade. I, I, yeah, I think so as well. I think for the uh, you know future based, you know, looking forwards, Paul Saywald's not going to be pitching all that much longer, and you know he's not an elite closer, but there was certainly a shortage of closing pitchers, not just relievers, but closers at this deadline, and, and the fact that they were able to ask for this kind of price for him, it, it's a it's a fantastic move by their front office. Yeah. So, good work out there in Seattle. I don't know who your your GM is, but... Yeah, I don't either. But let's move on to this one. The Mets and Brewers make a trade. The Brewers acquire Mark Canna. The Mets, in return, get Justin Jarvis. I think the Brewers just robbed them. Mark Canna is a good baseball player. 
Yeah, he he's got a lot of pop and great defense. That's super underrated. Yeah, I, I think, and he's just consistent. He does his job. He does it very well. He can play a plethora of positions as well. You can play third base. He can play in the outfield as well. That's a big asset there. And I don't know. I, th- I think that Milwaukee made a great move here. Yeah, I mean, Milwaukee had those sneaky um, pickups without having to give up much, and the Mets just getting fleeced yet again. Yeah. So, so far, the Mets, their best pickup, Acuna's little brother. That's it, yeah. and they've done what, like four trades for yeah. what we've talked about so far? Yeah, not great. Uh, and there's more to come. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the uh, the Nationals and Cubs make a trade. The Cubs pick up Jaime Candelario. And, and the Cubs are interesting because before the weekend started, I don't think they were going to be buyers at the deadline. Now, no, I thought they were sellers. They win four straight, and all of a sudden, they're above 500 or at 500 for the first time since the beginning of May, and they want to be buyers, and they go out and they get probably the best available first baseman. Yeah, I mean, I for sure thought the Cubs were sellers. Uh, there was all the talk about Cody Bellinger on the move and Marcus Stroman, and for them to come out and just buy really caught me by surprise. Yeah. Uh, let's get to this next one, though. I think San Francisco made a fantastic move here. They acquire A.J. Pollock and Mark Mathias from Seattle for a player to be named later or cash. That That doesn't have to be decided just yet. So as of right now, San Francisco got a fantastic haul on this one. Yeah, I mean, just as their outfield depth. A.J. Pollock is a phenomenal utility player uh, that can play all three spots in the outfield. And he's got a great bat Yeah, who has experienced the postseason. And if they can get there, just gives them another postseason vet to help carry that team. Yeah, and adding Mark Mathias, who also is a solid utility player, plays all around the infield. So that was a fantastic move. AJ Pollock for you know a player in the starting lineup and Mark Mathias is just a glove to throw anywhere. Yeah. So good shit, Giants. Yep. And then our next move, Cincinnati and Seattle make a deal. Cincinnati acquires Sam Mole and international cap space for Joe Boyle. This one's not too significant. They just kind of upgrade relief pitching. Yeah. So, I mean, really, Cincinnati, that's really all they needed was just yeah. upgrade pitching. Exactly. Um, and then the Cubs and Royals make a deal. The Cubs acquire Jose Cuas, I believe is how you say it, for Nelson, Vela- or, yeah, Nelson Velazquez, who they really didn't utilize very much. So, you know, you kind of you give off somebody for some pitching. That <laughs> That's a, it's a good move in the books. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, Nelson. Uh, your career is probably... Off yeah. to a rough start going down, going over to KC. Yeah, it's tough. But happens to everybody, it seems like. Uh, and then the final move on Monday, um, Jace Peterson gets acquired by the Diamondbacks. Uh, Oakland in return gets re- or right-handed pitcher Chad Patrick. I rephrase that. I feel, ba- I feel more bad about yeah. Chad Patrick than yeah, I do for tough. Nelson. That is really tough. But- Jace still being on people's radars. Yeah. Having a decent year, given Arizona that in, that infield depth. Yeah. for uh, In case you don't remember Jace Peterson, um, 
He was a, a big part of the struggling early 2010s Braves. Yeah, I mean, he held tough during our rebuild years. Oh, yeah. So I I wish him the best of luck. I love Jace Peterson. I almost got a Jace Peterson jersey back when we were, <laughs> we were so bad. <laughs> that would have been a sight to see. I know I know you own a Dallas Keuchel Braves jersey, so yeah. you're no stranger to just getting a jersey of anybody. Dude, I, I, I like having the jersey that not a lot of people have. Yeah. You know? Just wait. Like... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for a Nick Swisher Braves jersey. Okay. <laughs> That's wonderful. All right. Now it puts us on deadline day. And honestly, the first pickup, absolutely shit. <laughs> Kansas City acquires Tucker Davidson, former Brave, former Angel now, um, for cash considerations. The Angels just get cash for Tucker Davidson. Hey. Uh, I don't know why, because, uh, spoiler alert, the Angels made no more moves after that, except one that they don't really need cash for. Hey, listen, I'm not going to judge it. All right. Hey, look, they need all the money they can get to try and get Shohei to stay. That's that's what I was going to say. I mean, they're <laughs> looking at the future, and Shohei Otani is their future. Yeah. And if Shohei leaves, the Angels will be right there next to Oakland and Kansas City. Yeah, well, I got some bad news for you, Angels. Um, he's not staying. <laughs> he's going to be a giant by next year. Maybe. We'll see. But uh, the next move, at least relatively substantial, the Rays and Cubs make a move. The Rays acquire Adrian Sampson, Manny Rodriguez, and international free agent money for Josh Robertson. Uh, not a bad move here at all. Both teams adding pitching. Kind of interesting how much the Rays got in return. Yeah, I mean, two players plus money for one Josh Roberson. I don't know too much about them. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it seems like the Cubs gave up a lot. So I don't know what the plan is for Josh Roberson, but hopefully it plays out for him. Yeah, we'll see. Um, but... Our Braves made a move, one that we certainly needed to make, especially after sending off Taylor Hearn. We pick up left-handed pitcher Brad Hand from the Colorado Rockies for two-way player, right-handed pitcher, and outfielder Alec Barger. I'll take it. I love yep. I love the way Brad Hand pitches. Yep. He's got some filthy stuff. Yeah, I, I love it. I think this is a great move. We need yeah, left-handed he- pitching in the bullpen. That's exactly what we go out and get, and we don't give up much. Yeah, he's uh, he's a little older, though, right? He's more yeah, on the he's veteran getting, side. He's getting up there, probably mid-30s. So give us a vet in the bullpen, help teach. Hopefully he'll be uh, a good mentor to AJ Mentor. Yeah. Sort of maybe teach him some pitches and teach him some tricks to uh, shut it down from the left side. Yep. Uh, but the next one... Quite a, a a big trade, at least players wise. San Interest. Diego, interestingly enough, is buying that. <laughs> I don't so know. So fucking stupid. Yeah. So fucking stupid. They're literally second to last in the NL West, and they're not very close to like making a push. They're five games out of the wild card. 
Bro, but those top three teams in the West, yeah, are like, so good. Yeah, you've got the Dodgers who are winning the division. You have the Giants who are in second by a game, and then you have the Diamondbacks who are in third, who are tied for the third place in the in the wild card. Yeah, I for sure thought we were gonna see Soto on the move. I did too, but it with him being under contract next year as well it would have taken a whole lot to get him. Yeah, it's just... I think he's more of an off-season trade because in the off-season, you're going to see a lot more like actual MLB-level players traded, and I think that's what the Padres would be looking for rather than prospects. So what you're saying is that this off-season, we're about to see... It's about to be a big off-season. There's going to be a big shift around the league, (laughs) let me tell you. But... Um, yeah, let's talk about the actual details of the trade. The Padres pick up Rich Hill and G-Man Choi from the Pirates for Jackson Wolf, Esther Suero, and Alfonso Rivas. I don't see why the Padres made this move. First of all, giving up the players that they did, because these are actually pretty solid players. And then getting the players they did, because Rich Hill is an aging, very slow throw Left-handed pitcher. He's a dinosaur. Yeah. He is, I think, one of the oldest active players in the MLB. And G-Man Choi, who certainly isn't going to start over Jake Cronenworth at first base, um, hasn't been good in years. This move makes zero sense. He was decent last year. Yeah, debatable. It's a very generous decent. But, no, the fact that they made a trade for Rich Hill, who looks like he's throwing 70 poo yeah. out there on the mound. Like, I'm pretty sure dust comes off his hand every time he throws the ball. Probably. But, no, San Diego's dumb for this because yeah. Jackson Wolf is disgusting. Yeah. And Alfonso Rivas has hit some of the farthest balls I think I've ever seen. From a minor league player. <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't understand that one. Uh, I also don't really understand this one either. Uh, the Dodgers, uh, maybe just making roster space without a without cutting somebody, they send Justin Brule to the Rockies for cash considerations. Bro, with how needed pitchers are right now. Yeah, you're sending it to the fucking Rockies? Yeah, it, that doesn't make sense. That's crazy, man. But well, just, once again, I think it was just roster space, and I don't think there's a lot of contenders willing to just give up cash right now. Yeah, you know, the Dodgers just try to get all the cash they can. Yeah. They got, they got some heavy contracts they got to pay soon. Yeah, they have a certain Japanese player that they'd like to acquire in the offseason. Uh, I think I think every team wants to acquire this Japanese player. Yeah, I'm talking about um, Munataka Murakami. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. But the next move, actually, I think a pretty solid move. Toronto picks up Paul DeYoung and Cash from the Cardinals for Matt Svansson. Uh, look, Paul DeYoung has not been very good at all. I'll, I'll be the first to say it. And um, it, it, it makes sense. Look, they need, a, they need kind of a backup shortstop because Santiago Espinal and Kevin Biggio just don't really cut it um, at short. They're much better at second base. Bo Bichette is hurt right now. He's not going to be out long, but adding a 
relatively a power bat at the shortstop position and a, a decent glove is not a bad move when you're not really giving up much and you get cash along with it. Yeah, no, I, I really like it. Especially, like you said, to fill that empty spot with Bo Bichette. Here's the thing, when Bo comes back, does he sort of platoon at the DH? Maybe between second base? Maybe. You know, we'll have to see. Uh, if, you can get, if you can get Paul and Bo in the same lineup going into the postseason. Yeah. Yeah, once they they've got time to figure it out, which I think is the best scenario for them. Yeah, <clears throat> but this is the big one. All right, the biggest one of deadline day, at least uh, to my knowledge. Um, Justin Verlander couldn't leave Houston for so long. He goes back only uh, just over half a season after leaving, uh, and in return, the Mets get a solid. Solid haul. Outfielder Drew Gilbert, their top prospect, and Ryan Clifford as well. So two outfielders for the Mets. Yeah, I mean, Drew Drew Gilbert's a stud. Yeah. Ever ever since I saw that walk-off grand slam when he hit for Tennessee in the, I think it was the regionals uh, against Wright State, yeah. I, I knew that that guy had that dog in him. Oh, yeah. But honestly, for aging Verlander, I, this is actually a trade where I think the Mets come out on top. Yeah, once again, picking up good prospects. Something that the Mets don't do often, especially in this new era with this money. You don't see them going for top prospects, but you pick up Luis Angel Acuna, and now you pick up Drew Gilbert, and all of a sudden, it looks like you guys are trying to build around youth. Yeah, so they're for those two trades, they're moving in the right direction. Uh, I th- I think it's a phenomenal pickup for Houston. I think Verlander will pitch ten times better over there than how he was pitching for the Mets. Just for personal opinion, yeah. Uh, but Houston's really addressing their main spot, which was pitching. So Houston's about to fight back and claim that playoff spot. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and then the next move I think is also a pretty good move. The Phillies pick up Michael Lorenzen in return. The Tigers get infielder How You Lee. Um, not much given up, but you pick up a solid pitcher for the Phillies. Yeah, I mean, Michael Lorenzen definitely had his uh, shaky start in the beginning of the season Yeah, for Detroit, but has definitely locked in since coming back from the All-Star game. Yeah, it's so, so weird that he was an All-Star. Dude, they literally could not send anybody else. Spencer, Spencer Torkelson and Riley Green were injured and couldn't go. And Javi Baez is just awful. Yeah, Casey Mize is not very good. He's Casey Mize has been a big letdown. Yeah, huge bust, honestly. Yeah. So, I mean, Michael Lorenz has really been the top player for the uh, for the Tigers yeah. this year. Um. Got a little insignificant move here, personally. Um, Seattle and Baltimore make a deal. Seattle acquires Edward Bazardo, and Baltimore acquires Logan Reinhardt. I know nothing about either of these two guys. I literally have zero comments to make here. Bro, oh, is Edward Bazardo the cousin for Jesus Lazardo? Uh, no, that's not how words work. Hey, hey, you can have a different <laughs> last name and still be a cousin. 
Yeah, but just because they're similarly sounding last names does not. But mean you know how related. cool that would. You know how cool that'd be. I I guess. Like there's, there's imagine plenty and, of guys that play no, sports listen, that are cousins. Listen, listen. Imagine them in starting rotation. Day one, you got Jesus Lazardo, and then day two, you have Edward Bazardo. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> I guess. Like nobody's saying that about. Mark Leiter Jr. and Jack Leiter. Yeah, no one cares about them. Okay, well, I don't care about Jesus Lazardo and Eduard Bizzardo. Um, and fuck you, let's talk about that. <laughs> all right, Arizona and Milwaukee, two buyers strike a deal. Uh, Milwaukee picks up left-handed pitcher Andrew Shafin, um, and Arizona picks up Peter Strzelecki. What a weird last name. Yeah. But no, it's and this is weird because they're tied in yeah. the wild card, making a deal with each other. Yeah, that's something you typically don't see. Because oh, yeah, for sure, it's it's a weird move. But I think what this is is one team needed a lefty, one team needed a righty, and they just straight swap. I guess, but you couldn't go with any anybody else from around the league. Guess not. Uh, but the next one here, Miami makes a pretty solid deal here. They pick up first baseman Jake Berger from the White Sox. In return, the White Sox received left-handed pitcher Jake Etter. This is a great move for Miami. Just another oh. hard-hitting player to add to this lineup. Oh, Berger's been playing third base, and he's been... Really? Yeah, he's looking like a primetime uh, Pablo Sandoval. Fuck yeah. With that glove over there. Yeah, Jake but no. Burgers. <laughs> Dude, Jake Burgers had a phenomenal phenomenal year yeah. so far. Hitting bombs. At third in the AL. Hell yeah, man. Well, now he's so, in the NL. Fuck. And he's in our division. Yep. So you're going to have probably your first three hitters in this lineup is going to be Luis Arias, Jorge Soler, Jake Burger. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't either. But don't it doesn't like matter. That. We got enough of a lead. Um You better knock on wood right now. Yeah, I definitely should. I'm actually knock. knocking on wood <laughs> if you can't hear it. Cause we get we have to face Shohei Otani tomorrow. That's ah, fine. He's not even that good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Insignificant move alert. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays received cash consideration from the White Sox for right-handed pitcher Luis Patino. Woo. 100% useless trade. And uh, this one, I guess, is kind of useless, but it's really just for catching depth for the Texas. Uh, they pick up Austin Hedges from Pittsburgh for some international signing bonus pool space. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, it's fine. I mean, Austin's never been good with the bat, but he's one of the best defensive catchers in the league. Yeah. Uh, I forgot what stat I saw, but he was, like, ranked first among all active catchers. Uh, I honestly forgot the stat, but he's up there for cool. defensively. But offensively, he's a complete bum. Yeah, which, you know, that's kind of Jonah Heim's job behind the plate is to be an elite catcher. And hitter. Yeah. All right. I'm excited about the next trade. Let's talk about it. Really? 
Yeah, go ahead and say the names. Okay. Uh, the Milwaukee Brewers acquire right-handed pitcher Evan McKendry, and in return, the Tampa Bay Rays get Alex Jackson, former Bro. Braves catcher. Hasn't Alex Jackson been on like five teams already? I think so. He came up with the Braves, and then we traded him to the Marlins, right? Yeah, we traded him to the Marlins, and then I think he went to Texas. Did he? Or he went somewhere no, before I, the race. I thought he went. I thought he went. No, well, he went to Milwaukee from yeah, the Marlins, no. right? Yes. I don't know why uh, we're so- sitting here questioning this. We have this thing called the internet that we're reading yeah. these exact things off of. Um, I'm pulling it up right now, but yeah, Alex Jackson has just been okay his entire time. It's just nice to see that for once when we let go of somebody, they're not doing really good. Yeah, he went he went straight to Milwaukee from Miami in the okay. offseason. So he's, he's been with four teams. Now, yes. Come next season, it might be five. Yeah. Well, they'll probably – the Rays will probably DFA him before the deadline and somebody will pick him up. Yeah, he's going to go to <laughs> Oakland and back up Shea Langleyers. Probably. God, that would be fucking funny. That would be hilarious. Uh, but let's get to the next move. I think this is actually a pretty good pickup. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks acquire outfielder Tommy Pham from the New York Mets and return the Mets pickup shortstop Jeremy Rodriguez. Once again, adding infield depth. Great yeah, move. I'm, yeah, great move for Arizona. Agreed. I think like, it's a good move on the Mets part, though, too. I don't know too much about Jeremy Rodriguez. He's not great, but I think he can, you know, fill up the the space between Acuna coming up. Yeah, he'll learn from Lindor and Acuna. Yeah. So he's got some mentors ahead of him. Uh, but either that or he's going to have to learn a new position. Yeah, he could probably play second. Yeah. But, uh, no, I love Tommy Pham to the, the D-backs. Yeah, because uh, he can platoon. So you can have an outfield with Tommy Pham, Corbin Carroll, and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Yeah, that that's a phenomenal outfield. Right Definitely. Uh, let's get to the next one. Once again, boring trade. Um, the Yankees. I don't know if has compensation been settled for this one yet. I'm gonna I'm refreshing uh, my page. Yes, I don't it think has. it. It yes, has. I just refreshed my page. The Yankees get Kenyon Middleton from the White Sox, and in return, the White Sox receive right-handed pitcher Juan Carella. Huh. I know nothing about Interesting. either of them. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I, I really don't know too much about Juan Carella. All right, well. Uh, but But I will say, this was the Yankees' first move. Yeah. Um, which is kind of weird because I think they were in like more of a confused, like they didn't know if they wanted to be buyers or sellers. Yeah, I agree because you're last in your division, but you're only three and a half games out of the wild card and you're 55 and 51. Yeah, I think in my opinion, I think they definitely should have been sellers. Yeah. Um, Definitely, I probably would have got rid of Luis Severino to see what offense you could get from him. Agreed. But that's my opinion, and that's why I'm not anywhere near the front office for 
Major League Baseball team. Fair enough. Uh, but so, yeah. let's get to this next trade. I, I think this is actually a decent trade for both teams. Uh, the Phillies get infielder Rodolfo Castro, and Pittsburgh gets left-handed pitcher Bailey Falter. I think Rodolfo Castro is a solid pickup for the Phillies, just depth-wise. Yeah. I mean, I, I 100% agree. Yeah, and then Bailey Falter, I, I could be thinking of somebody else, but he's made some appearances, correct? Uh, yeah, I, I want to okay. say he, yeah, he yeah, he's been up. Last... Yeah, he's been up this whole season, essentially. Um, pitching in... He's been pretty I shit, say he pitched, I'll be honest. I want to say he pitched against the Braves in the last series we played against him. Yeah, this season, uh, only pitched in eight games, and he's 0-7. Uh, <laughs> that's oh. not good. <laughs> that is very much not good. Sorry, I guess he's going to fit right in at Pittsburgh. Yeah, he has lost in all seven of his starts. Bro, that reminds me. How did Mitch Keller not go anywhere? I don't know. That that one definitely confused me. Well, we'll get to the guys that didn't move uh, okay. once, we, I, that, once we wrap up with the guys that did. That just came across my mind. I just yeah, couldn't stop. That, that's wild. But let's get into this one. Um a pretty big return here, um, but could have been much worse. Uh, Baltimore acquires Jack Flaherty. Fantastic fucking move here. I love it. And they don't really give up that much. St. Louis gets in return infielder Cesar Prieto, left-handed pitcher Drew Rom, and right-handed pitcher Zach Showalter. I think Drew Rom was the biggest give up. Yeah. And it's really, it's really not that big. Yeah, but no, this is a phenomenal pickup for Baltimore because their starting lineup's already been doing amazing work. And you get a guy who's pitched in big, big situations and can help coach these guys throughout this last part of the season. And he's got wicked stuff. Yeah, he's just got to get his confidence back. Ever since that injury, he's just been down and... I think it was time for him to leave St. Louis, and I think Baltimore is the perfect place for him. Yeah, he's about to go to Baltimore and just have fun. Hopefully. I mean, you get to party it up with, uh, let's see, Adley, Gunnar Henderson, Cedric Mullins. Listen, it's a party in, in the, the, BLT, the BALT. <laughs> Were you about to say <laughs> BLT? Yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry, bro. all right well let's get to the next one um interesting trade here but uh not bad at all for the angels the angels pick up dominic leone from the mets uh, and the mets in return get jeremiah jackson um this is solid look the angels need pitching that's exactly what they go out and get and the mets just continue to pick up infielders for some reason yeah i mean they're definitely adding their depth of infield yeah, it's, and they got a couple of outfield guys. They're really just playing for the. They're buying the future right now. Yeah, definitely. Either um, that, or there's going to be some big trades they make in the off season. Yeah, we'll see. But um, I think this puts us at when we started recording, and now we've got a ton of other trades that came in. So let's start here. Uh, interesting one. The Mets acquire Phil Bickford and Adam Kolarik for cash considerations. Or, 
to the Dodgers. That, that's I think so this is just weird. another. Yeah, it's, it's a roster move. Yeah, it's just another dump for LA to get cash. Yeah. That's that's about it. I yeah. mean, the, the Mets aren't doing anything this year. But I, I will say they picked up two solid pitchers. Yeah. Adam uh, Kalarik, is that is it Kalarik or Kalarik? I think it's Kalarik. Kalarik? I could be totally Still, wrong, he, he, but... I'm just going to call him Adam. Yeah, Adam. Adam's phenomenal. And now the only person I can think of is Adam from work. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about Phil Bickford because I think he's a very good pitcher as well. Oh, yeah, 100%. He was very good for them um, in the playoffs back in 2021. Obviously, that got ended. But um, nonetheless, a, a great pitcher. Yeah, I, I, I like this move for the Mets, just doing the little things. I think it, the Mets definitely made the most trades this, this Which week, is, haven't they? Uh, it's not surprising that they made this many moves. They're, they're obviously not making the playoffs. And... Yeah. They have so much, so much to give up. Yeah, they're fourth in the division, right? Behind Philly? Yeah. Interesting. I think technically behind the Marlins. I think. Did Philly jump to second? Yeah, I I thought Miami jumped. I have it right here. Did they come back? Nah. So Philly just jumped with the Marlins losing yesterday. Okay. So Philly is 50. Back and forth. Philly's 57 and 49, Miami's 57 and 50. Yeah. And then the Mets are seven games back or six, six games back on the Marlins. Yeah. And then only six games ahead of Washington. Yeah. And Washington sucks. Uh, but let's get to the next move. I, this one, very surprising. Um, Miami picks up first baseman Josh Bell. And the Guardians, in return, get Jan Segura and prospect Khalil Watson. Khalil Watson's, he's so good. Yeah. Um, and I'm interested to see where Josh Bell's going to play. If we see Josh Bell at first and Berger over at third. I guess. Like, I, I want to, that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Um. And then Luis Arias at second, and maybe do they move Jazz back to short, or do they keep Birdie at short? Uh, I, I'm gonna be honest. I, don't, I really I, don't I, know. Like, I, I guess I guess know. Joey Wendell probably stays at short. I think that's who's really been starting there because I think so they've we're, had. We're, I think they have Birdie and Chisholm in the outfield. Dude, I I just don't know. Yeah, I uh, I don't. No, they can't because uh. Jesus Sanchez, Jazz Chisholm, and yeah, but Jesus look- Sanchez hasn't been starting, and neither is Avisel Garcia. Interesting. That is so weird. So the Marlins are just keep getting better. Yeah, dude, they've got not just good players; they have great depth. Yeah, like Jacob Stallings, a catcher. That's you know a, a fine catcher. You have Josh Bell at first base. Yuli Gurriel is going to be right behind him. Jake Berger can play first base if you need him to. It's second. You obviously have Luis Arias, and then John Birdie and Joey Wendell can both play second. And Jake, Jazz. Yeah, and Jazz. Jake Berger can play third base. He's going to play third base. John Birdie, Joey Wendell, 
just about every one of their infielders can play third. Yuli Gurriel. Yeah, he can play third. Shortstop, Joey Wendell and John Birdie both play shortstop. And then left field, if you have John Birdie there right now, you have Brian De La Cruz, Avisel Garcia, and Jesus Sanchez who can all play left. And you could throw Jorge out there if you need to. Center, you have Jazz starting there. And once again, all those names I just listed could play center. Right field, Brian De La Cruz. All the other guys can play right field. And then for DH, you got Jorge Soler. Yeah. All right. So here's how Miami lined up tonight. Luis Arias at second. Soler, DH. De La Cruz, left field. Garcia, right field. Jesus Sanchez, center field. John Birdie at third. Yuri Gurriel at first. Joey Wendell at short. And Stallings at catcher. Okay. So where's Jazz? He's not playing today. Interesting. Well, it seems to be working. They're playing pretty well. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, but Khalil Watson was a big give up. Yeah. But they have a lot of good prospects, so it's one that you can afford. Yeah. Do you think Khalil Watson's a guy that comes up pretty quickly for Cleveland? I think he'll be up next year to okay. sort of help, uh, especially with them getting rid of uh, Rosario. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna need help in the infield, uh, someone to help uh, Naylor and Ramirez. So I think Khalil Watson will, will be that guy. Okay, yeah, I I've certainly heard great things about him. He's only twenty years old, and in the minors this season, he's batting two ten, which isn't which is certainly not good, but um, he's really not been that bad. Um, I think probably just, uh, you know, uh, an issue where he went from rookie yeah. ball to advanced A this season. So, look, he hasn't been moving up quickly, and I think that's the issue for him so far this year. Um, and just in his three years uh, in the minors is that he hasn't moved up quickly. He hasn't really progressed as much as they would hoped he would. And... You send him off to Cleveland, maybe he starts moving up pretty quickly. I think he will be in AAA next year until after the All-Star break. And then we see him come up for his debut. Yeah. Well, look, he's certainly a, a, a fantastic player. Um, like, you can't deny the speed for sure. Okay. But... um. Yeah, I think there's tremendous upside to him, and I think this was a great move. Yeah, absolutely. All right, but the next pick, uh, pick up San Diego picks up Garrett Cooper and Sean Reynolds from Miami for left-handed pitcher Ryan Weathers. I love this for Miami. Yep. Like, you just got Josh Bell and Jake Berger and Ryan Weathers, who is a good pitcher, but just didn't get that much time over in San Diego. Yeah, I, I, I just don't fantastic. think I don't think it was really a good fit for him. Uh, but I think he'll fare much better in Miami. Agreed. They have better weathers there. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> they have like the same weather. Um, oh, fun fact: it's never been a hundred degrees in the city of Miami. Really? Yep. I think their record high is ninety-eight. I'm trying to move to Miami then. <laughs> just All right. Just, 
What? I've heard traffic is worse than the ATL down in downtown Miami. Oh, I'm sure it's horrible. Um, but the next move, this one's pretty good, honestly. Kansas City making another deal with the Dodgers. Um, Ryan Yarborough heads to L.A. In return, Kansas City picks up first baseman Devin Mann and shortstop Derlin Figueroa. Huh. I don't think Ryan Yarbrough at this point in his career should be playing for the Dodgers. No, but it might be <laughs> one of those sparks that he needs. Maybe. I, th- I think L.A. and Kansas City have like some sort of deal. I don't know. Kansas City, Kansas my... City's like, give me all your shit and we'll give you a decent player in return. Yeah, my issue with Ryan Yarbrough is that he is a left-handed pitcher that doesn't throw hard, doesn't throw anything with a, you know a, elite he throws some decent off speed, but that's it. He doesn't bring really much to the so table. Far. Yeah, so like hitter hitters can just sit off speed. Yeah, and you'll be successful against them. Yeah, like there's a reason that he wasn't really that good for the Rays either. Yeah, but nonetheless, let's get to this next move. Uh, the Boston Red Sox pick up infielder Luis Arias, and in return. The Milwaukee Brewers get Bradley Blaylock. I I don't know how this was Boston's first move uh, of the deadline. Yeah, I thought they would have given up more. I don't know. I, I thought they would be kind of in that same position as the Yankees where, like, they'd sell some stuff off, but they'd also get some stuff in return. Um, but uh, I will say the Brewers have done crazy amount of moves here. Yeah. I mean, they always do at trade deadlines. Yeah. They're one of the teams that are known for always being in the mix. Definitely. But they're definitely helping their chances to stay up there with a the young Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this this move doesn't really do much, honestly. No. Like, Luis Arias, like, was decent when he, like, first came up, but since then hasn't really been much. Yeah, agreed. But – uh, our second-to-last deal here, the San Diego Padres get Scott Barlow from the Kansas City Royals. In return, Kansas City gets Henry Williams. Um, not a bad move, but once again, why the fuck does the San Diego think they should be buying? <laughs> it just it's, makes no it's sense. A jo- it's a joke at this point. Yeah, I, I don't get what they're going for here. Um, and then our final deal, the New York Yankees get Spencer Howard and in return, Texas gets cash considerations. It's not a bad move for the Yankees. Look, Spencer Howard I, has not. I like it. Yeah, he hasn't been as good as he should have been from the jump when he first came up with the Phillies. Um, has not been as good as he should have been. They shipped him off to Texas for Kyle Gibson, and now Texas ships him off to the Yankees for money. It just seems like he's been consistently moving downhill, um, and, and hopefully – he could add something to this Yankees team. Yeah, maybe he just needs to throw on the pinstripes. I don't know. That doesn't we, seem to help anybody. Typically, <laughs> we do, I, it's just one of those things you don't know until it, you see it unfold. Yep. Well, that's the that's the whole thing with the trade deadline. It looks like that's all the deals. Uh, I've refreshed my page a couple times. Have not seen anything change. Um, I'm gonna see all right, if- I want to ask you something real quick. Yeah. What What was your favorite trade from this week? Um, 
you asking from like a like just like blockbuster or like just, best return? Just like your favorite, what you think the best trade was? Okay. Um, and it can be all the way from when Eduardo Escobar got traded to now. Yeah. Ah, uh, damn. Not, not a lot of good moves, honestly, in my mind. I, I think that I I want to go, I think Dodgers getting Lance Lynn and Joe Kelly has okay. got to be the best move. Okay. Um, a crazy good haul for not giving up that much, and you're already a very good team, like, I think they they really got it there. Yeah. All right. So believe it or not, I'm going to give, I'm just going to say it's hard to just do one trade, but if I had to do one, I'm going to give it to the Angels and Lucas Giolito. Yeah. I was between those two. But honestly, I just want to shout out the Angels all for the whole part of the trade deadline because they did phenomenal work. Yeah. They totally turned around how I view this team. Yeah, they won the trade deadline, in my opinion. Yeah, I think we'll have to see. But as it stands right now, you're four and a half games out um, in your division, but you're not too far back in the wild card, and you've just added a ton of great hitters. You add C.J. Crone, who is a fantastic hitter. Brandon Drury is going to come back from the I.L. pretty soon. You already have... Guys like, of course, Mike Trout, who is supposed to be back very shortly. You have the best player that we've probably ever seen play baseball in Shohei Otani. You add Randall Grichuk, who's fantastic depth. You've made huge moves, and you picked up pitching. You picked up Lucas Giolito to be the second in the rotation, maybe third, depending on how good Reed Detmers looks. And you added to your bullpen, which was certainly struggling, and add Reynaldo Lopez and Dominic Leone in this deadline day. It, it couldn't get better than that. Yeah. And wait, did you talk about Eduardo Escobar as well? I know he's hurt. Oh, right yeah. Now, I forgot they even got him. They also <laughs> got Eduardo Escobar. Yeah. Another just depth utility guy in the infield. Like, it's... This is a team, like, maybe even not, if not this year, but if they can keep Shohei Otani... They're not gonna, though. That's the problem. I know they're not, but it's just the thing, if they can, like, they need to throw everything they have to keep Shohei. I I have a great feeling that they will, but I don't think they have enough to keep him. You know what scares me the most? What? Is to see him on the other side of L.A. Yeah. Over in... Put him and Freddie in the same lineup. Yeah, fuck that, dude. I would hate to be a right-handed pitcher. <laughs> Just, you go, you go, Mookie, Freddie, Shohei. Yeah. Or or you could even go, bro, you could even go Shohei, Mookie, Freddie. Oh, my God. <laughs> the right, the lefty, righty, lefty? I, I don't know. I think you'd have to go. And then J.D. Martinez at the four spot? Yeah, I, I think you have to go Mookie leadoff and then Freddie and then Shohei. Because Mookie and Freddie are going to get on base. And Shohei yeah. is going to put it into fucking Palo Alto. <laughs> All right. 
So is that is is that it on trade talk? Well, let's talk about the teams that you know. Let's talk about teams in general. Who should have been making moves? Uh, obviously, we know who shouldn't have. It was the Padres. But yeah. um, who are some teams that you're surprised didn't make more moves? So honestly, I'm surprised the Orioles didn't make more moves. Okay, I, I feel uh, like they addressed it. They they needed one thing, and it was starting pitching, and they addressed it. But I definitely could have seen that, like, saw them get, like, maybe a couple more, like, lower bats. Like, maybe if they did go after Tommy Pham or, um, I'm trying to think of what's his name. They could have got somebody like Garrett Cooper. Yeah. Or even try to make a push on Jake Berger. Maybe. To, like, sort of sit in that DH spot. I don't know if they really wanted to. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame them because they're they're rocking and rolling right now. Yeah. Um. So, but and then a, a lot of people will talk about this. I'll talk about it. Okay. A lot of people will say, "Well, why didn't the Braves get more starter starting pitching with Free and Wright still out?" Well, that's because they're coming back. Yeah. Like the if if the Braves knew they were going to be out longer, we would have got Dylan Cease. We would have got. We would have made a bigger push for Lance Lynn, but we have faith that they're coming back, and I believe in it. And when they come back, we're going to be disgusting. Yeah, uh, I believe uh, our most recent updates here. Um, let's see. Yeah, Max Freed has completed his minor league rehab and will be reinstated from the 60-day IL this week. And then... Um, as of the 28th of July, Kyle Wright threw a bullpen session. Uh, that was back on Friday. So he's probably pushing towards his rehab assignment. And then that means, you know, two, three weeks before he's back. Free to be back this week. Uh, I'm not I'm not worried. Dylan Dodd as well began his rehab assignment on Thursday. Um, so and he struck out four and pitched 3.1 perfect innings. I mean, I'm not worried about the Braves pitching right now. No, me neither. I will I will say this, Grayson. Hengen Ryu's making a season debut tonight. Oh God. For Toronto. And it's it's the top of the first and he's already down two nothing. It's not his debut either. It's his season debut. I don't think so. I thought he had already pitched this season and he sucked. No. It's his season debut. Oh, okay. Could have sworn I, I thought he had stats from this season. Maybe I was looking at last season's stats when I was looking at it. Uh, but, yeah. Actually, let's talk about the Blue Jays because I don't think they made an, enough moves. Yeah, I, I for one thought they would go after starting pitching. Yeah. Like, yeah, especially I, with how bad... I thought they bad, were in on Jack Flaherty. Yeah, with how bad uh, Manoa's been. Yeah, he's shown some lights that he's coming back. But Hinjin Ryu is coming off an injury. Yeah, Manoa's been shit in the bed. You need somebody to fill that. Yeah, and look, if I'm the Blue Jays, Red Sox, and Yankees, I'm very afraid of what the Angels just did here. Oh, yeah. For sure. They're, they can make a push for a wild card spot this year. Yeah. I, I think they're only like could. five games back. They're three games back in the wild card. Toronto, who didn't make enough moves, sits in third. In the wild card, so they have that final spot. The Red Sox only two and a half games out, so the Angels very close to overtaking the Red Sox, who didn't make any moves really. 
The Yankees didn't really make any important moves either. They're a half game behind the Angels. There is no reason why the Angels shouldn't make a run at that last wild card spot. Yeah, I. There's a good chance we see LA in October, like the in, in the postseason. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about. I have a couple of teams that I think should have made way more moves. First of all, Yankees and okay. Red Sox should have made way more moves, but. Yeah. I think that's more of just like a it's hard to make the playoffs with the top 3 teams in your division being that good. <laughs> uh but the Twins made zero moves. Yeah. That is what's confusing to me. That didn't they I thought they made traded away Dylan Floro or they got Dylan Floro. Oh yeah, that's right. They got Dylan Floro for like uh well, who was it um Lo, uh, Jorge, Jorge Lopez. Lopez, yeah, yeah, which is so insignificant. Yeah, but <laughs> it's it's a trade. It is, but it's nothing. Yeah, you're right. And, and you're on a five game losing streak right now, but you lead your division. And if you want, if you have any hope of staying ahead of the Guardians, you needed to make moves. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it's one of those things that even though the Guardians got rid of Aaron Savali. They could still take the top spot. Yeah. And then um, so, I am kind of surprised the Phillies didn't make more moves. What about Cincinnati? Cincinnati is the biggest one. They're the biggest surprise to me that didn't make moves. Because your team is full of young players. And you have a ton of prospects you can bring up. But also you have a ton of prospects you could give up. Like they easily could have been in on Verlander. They could have been in on Scherzer. They could have been in on Lynn. Like, they could have been in on all of the top pitching with the prospects that they have. That Honestly, they are in a good position to give up, and they didn't. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's it's weird. I, yeah. I know one of their biggest, like, uh, players that they wanted to trade away was Jonathan India, and yeah. he's hurt right now. Yeah, which definitely throws things off. Yeah, but like you said, they have so much talent in the farm yeah. that they definitely could have got some of those big-name pitchers. Even if they wanted to go after uh, in division, go grab Mitch Keller or Jack Flaherty, just someone to help your starting rotation because Andrew Abbott cannot do it all. No, definitely not. And and then also the Giants. I think the Giants should have been making more moves. If they have any hope of staying ahead of the Diamondbacks, they should have been making much more significant moves than they did. Yeah, but I think for the Giants, I think their plan is to not do as much now because I think they're going to be one of the top teams to go after Shohei in the offseason. Yeah, I agree. So, All right. That's why I, I think they were quiet. A little Let's bit. trade talk. That's an hour of trade talk for you. <laughs> well then, Damn. um let's I'm going to just get started on some MLB recap because I know everybody's been entranced by the trades, but um got quite a few things going on, so I'm just going to start with talking about the Braves because uh Ronald Acuña has become the first player in MLB history to record at least 20 home runs and 50 steals before August. Jeez, Louise. Dude, I'm telling you, 30-70. Bro, he could get to 80. Yeah, he could. He could. But I also want to spotlight another Brave right now, and that's Matt Olson. 
Yep, that's my next bullet point. <laughs> on pace for 55 home runs. Yep, sits at 36 oh. right now during August. If if Acuna wasn't having the year he was having, he would be in this MVP race. Yeah. But he's getting outshined by what Acuna's doing right now. Yeah. Honestly, like, you could have three Braves in the MVP race right now. Are you adding Austin Riley right now? Yeah. The guy's got so hot. Yeah, Sean Murphy's cooled off a bit, and not playing every single day kind of hurts him, especially since he's cooling off. Mm-hmm. But I think what Austin Riley's turning around right now is crazy. Yeah, here, I'll throw some stats for you. So Austin Riley in his last 12 games, batting 375, three doubles, three uh, one triple, eight home runs in 12 games, and 19 RBIs. Yeah. And he has a four-game streak of an extra base hit right now. So he is terrorizing pitchers since the All-Star break. And it's absolutely crazy. Yeah, it is. Uh, But just to keep it with the Braves in general, Marcelo Zuna hit his 20th and 21st home run of the season the other day, and that puts the Braves at five players with at least 20 home runs this season. Second team in MLB history to have five different players with 20 home runs before August joining the 2000 Blue Jays. Yeah, what do we got? Olsen, Acuna, Ozzy, Riley, Austin, and, Riley and, and uh, Marcel. Yeah. Damn, bro. I never would have thought Azuna would be making the mark he's making right now after I know. That, that month of May or yeah. the month of April. Yeah. I'm pleasantly surprised. Because wasn't he like wasn't he like point oh or point zero eighty one or something like that? Probably. You could it have was, said any number, and I wouldn't have been surprised. Actually, I would have been more surprised if you went too high. <laughs> like that was it was so bad. Yeah. Uh, but first he's really pitch turned just, around. Uh, first pitch was just thrown in Braves Angels. Hopefully, so, we can win this one because our yeah, defense blew Strider's up. on the mound. Quads looking huge. We need to win tonight. Yeah, it'd be huge. Because I'm not certain tomorrow. I know. But let's go back to Marcelo Zuna. Right now, 237. That is totally fine for Marcelo Zuna. I'll fucking take it. Oh, yeah. 22 home runs, 49 RBIs, OPS just under 800 at 785. I am not mad at all with those numbers. Is he he going to get re-signed in the offseason? I fucking hope not. Absolutely not. (laughs) But I'll tell you what. He is putting the ball in play more now. Yeah. And he's not striking out. So that is the Marcelo Zuno we love. Yeah. And he's he's putting balls 500 feet out in the outfield. What a DH should do. Exactly. In my honesty. He's putting up DH numbers. Yeah. But, um... Let's talk about another guy who's putting up, honestly, DH numbers. Uh, But in this one, putting the whole team on his back. Max Muncy is the first player in Dodgers franchise history, which uh, this dating back to since the RBI became an official stat in 1920, to record all of his team's hits and drive in all of his team's runs in a win. Yeah, that game just got carried by Max Muncy guy that certainly doesn't seem like he's carried anything yeah he's 
I feel like I've heard his heard his name more on strikeouts than hits this year. Yeah, yeah. The numbers are kind of against him outside of power. Um, yeah, he's batting 197, but he's got 27 home runs. Oh, I think we're getting Mark Canna's first at-bat with the Brewers right now. Nice. And he flew out to left. All right, that's tough. Uh, but <laughs> I do want to talk about the Marlins because obviously they've been killing it. And on Saturday, they had Venezuelan Heritage Night, and that pulled in 32,936 people to the stadium. That's their largest attendance at Lone Depot Park since April of 2017. Am. So shout out the Marlins getting the some Mar- people the- in the stands. And they're playing exciting baseball, so they people want to come watch yeah. them. Oh, yeah. Um, And speaking of attendance, MLB attendance in general is up close to 9% this year. And if that figure holds, it would be the biggest increase since the Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa home run race of 1998. Oof. Damn. So uh, baseball is back. Yeah. Let me Yo, tell you. Spencer, Spencer Strider just struck out Shohei Otani. Let's go. Otani ain't shit. Who's the best? Who's the best? Otani ain't shit. <laughs> Not but for real though. He threw a changeup low and outside. Oh my that God. was absolutely yeah, disgusting. <laughs> Jesus. It's a good way to make up for a, a leadoff walk. Yeah, I'll take it. All right. No, but no, with the still staying with the Marlins. I mean, Luis Arias is still batting 381 right now. Yeah. Yeah, he just keeps doing that thing, man. He keeps blooping his singles and then getting hit in by Jorge Soler. Yeah. Like I swear almost it. every game, almost every game, the first inning, he hits either a single, I uh, know it's it's a single, or and then Jorge Soler hits a two run bomb or a double to yeah. score him. Yeah. They actually uh I believe did something very similar um to score the first run of the night today. Let's see. Uh, uh uh, this he time, scored. yeah, this time it was uh, Brian De La Cruz hits a single, um, which, uh, or no, did no. that? Obviously, Garcia doubled yeah. to right. Yeah, that's right. And scored a rise. Yep. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, a rise just doing his thing. Uh, but yeah, the, the Marlins are great. Sandy Alcantara seems to be back on track. He's started off this game phenomenally. Three innings pitched. Given up three hits, one walk, one K, but not bad at all. Uh, only thrown 40 pitches through three. So, look, the Marlins are in a fantastic spot. They're facing the Phillies, which is a huge series for them to get some wins in. And it, it could definitely create some division in the division. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely it, it's an exciting series to watch. Yeah, for sure. But so is this Angels and Braves. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Definitely. Especially um, with Angels taking game one. Yeah, it certainly makes it more exciting. CJ Crone batting third in the lineup tonight. These new additions for the Angels are huge. Obviously, we talked about them a little bit, but I, I love what they did here at the trade yeah. deadline. They put themselves in a great spot. CJ Crone just got a walk. That means first and second for Strider with one out. Uh, not a good start for him. But, but no, like you were saying, the, the, that was my next bullet point. Was the Angels. It literally says Angels are moving in the right direction. Certainly. Pitchers look good. Otani looks unstoppable. 
great pickups at the trade deadline. Crone, Grichik, Giolito. Like, they're putting together a really solid team. Oh, yeah. They definitely are. Uh, that's a ground out into a double play to uh, end the inning there. Good job, Strider. But, I forgot about I forgot about Mike Moustakis. They yeah. got him, too. Yeah, a couple months ago. Uh, a fantastic pickup as well. I think it was literally last month. Was it? It was whenever they kicked the shit out of the Rockies. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that was like right after the All Star break. I thought it was before. Either way, I think it I was in know. July. I can't keep up with it, man. I don't. I don't really care enough to keep. Up. <laughs> uh, but I do want to talk about this. It's just fun stat. Um, try and guess who the only MLB team to not allow any home runs on an O2 pitch this season is. One team has done it. Um. Kansas City Royals. Close. The Oakland Athletics. I I knew it was like some bummy-ass team. <laughs> Mainly because they're hitting home runs before they even get to 0-2. I was about to say, they're hitting 0-0, yeah. 1-0, 2-0. Yeah, 3-0. Yeah. Everything like, but 0-2. Yeah, because the pitchers can't even get them to 0-2. Yeah, and um, just speaking of exciting, Friday was an exciting night in the MLB. Because um, the finishes to these games were crazy. You had a walk-off grand slam and extra innings for the Royals, hit by Bobby Witt Jr. You had a walk-off home run in a 1-0 win for the Orioles by Anthony Santander. And you had a potential walk-off home run robbed by Mike Talkman to finish the game that's just insane that that all happened in the same night. It's the first time in MLB history that those three things have occurred on the same day. Yeah, that's it's mind blowing. Yeah, um, how about Mike Talkman showing out in the league again? Yeah, but also I want to get your opinion on this. Yeah, why the fuck is Bryce Harper playing first base? I couldn't tell you. I'll be honest. I have no reason for you. I don't like that. It's so weird because I just watched him try to stretch for a ball and he just squatted instead of stretching and like leaned forward. Yeah. Well, he's not a first baseman, so that would explain it. It's just interesting. (laughs) But another another guy from the Phillies that should be talked about more is Bryson Stott. Yeah. He just gets hits, man. I think there's only four players in the NL that are batting over 300 right now. And it's Luis Arias... Ronald Acuna, Freddie Freeman, and Bryson Stott. Yeah. So I think Bryson was at 306 before today's game. The dude's killing it. He is. He certainly is. Um, But, yeah. I do want to talk about this real quick. Uh, This happened yesterday. The Braves intentionally walked Shohei Otani, and then the Braves fans booed them. (laughs) It's kind of funny. I yeah. can't deny I mean, it's pretty funny. They're, they paid money to watch Shohei Otani bat. Yeah. I think intentionally walking is the dumbest thing ever. I get that it's strategic yeah. and all this shit. It's so lame. Make your pitchers be the better guy. Yeah. I, I like think they, they did it with Matt Olsen later in the game. Yeah. We had, we had uh, think, runners on second and third, two outs, and this was still when it was a 3-1 ball game, and they intentionally walked Olsen. Yeah. Intentional walks are the lamest shit ever. Yeah, it's stupid. But um, I will say, 
like Shohei has been getting intentionally walked a lot. I mean, he's fucking Shohei Otani. I get it, but like, stop intentionally walking him because we want to see him hit home runs. Okay. He got intentionally walked, I think, twelve times in July. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but that just shows you how good he is. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a guy who ain't intentionally walking nobody. The Mountain, Felix Bautista. I love that nickname. I just found out about it the other day. <laughs> Much better than people trying to call him King Felix. Yeah, there's only one. <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless, he had one hell of a July. 11 games, 3-0, and a 0 ERA, 11 saves. That was 11 games, 11 Ooh. saves. 14 innings pitched. 48 batters faced, 25 strikeouts. That's a 52.1% K percentage, four walks, and an opposing batting average of .0697. That's three for 43. Damn. Yeah. That is ridiculous. It's absurd. He is so good. I know. It is unbelievable. Honestly, I can't tell you the last time that if you were before the season, if you were to tell me who the division leaders were in the AL, that I'd be looking at the Baltimore Orioles, the Texas Rangers, and the Minnesota Twins. Yeah, I I definitely would not have uh, wrote in wrote in any of them. Honestly, maybe the Especially, Orioles because like I thought the Orioles would be good, but I thought the Yankees were going to be better. So maybe I'm the fool. Yeah, but even with how good the Rays started. You like, wow. That's just, it's so, it's so crazy to me. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. Um, what else you got for the MLB? I got two more things to talk about. So, damn it, Ronald Acuna just got picked off. Fuck. Um, yeah, that was no, tough. so I got some stats that I looked at from past trade line or trade deadlines from all the way back from 2013 to 2022. And so when we look at it, prospects traded 573. Prospects that turned out to be impact players for those teams, 17, only 3%. Yeah. You got any Pros- names? I uh, do not. Okay. Just checking. Prospects to contributors. So just that, like, made it to the major league level for that team they were traded to and were just was just there. And that's 62 at 10.8%. So that's a shit ton of prospects traded. Yeah. And not a lot that are actually making it up. And it's not surprising. You're typically trading off the guys that aren't going to be impact players for you. Yeah. But even like the contributors. Those, yeah. Like you would think every once in a while, especially between that time frame, 2013 to 2022, you'd have more guys come up. In the trades, but we're yeah. seeing more. We're seeing a lot more guys getting drafted and sticking with those teams and being brought up. Yeah, I, and I think that's a, the right way for that to be trending. What a hit by Ozzy! Of course, Ronald got picked off. We'd have first and third right now. Yep. Wow. But all right, go ahead and talk about your last two things because right. we're on MLB for a minute. Yeah, I know. Uh, precisely, almost ninety of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Marlins, uh, they matched up against the Tigers over the weekend. 
and celebrated Miguel Cabrera's final games in Miami, um, obviously where he started his career, won a World Series. And the Marlins gifted him a custom cigar box, cigars, and a bottle of rum. It's kind of interesting since Miguel Cabrera was treated for alcoholism in 2010 to give him a bottle of rum. But very cool. It looked very cool, all of it. And that cigar box sick was decked out absolutely awesome um so so that was awesome to see but this 10 times better a a, a true a, a hero's farewell bartolo colon will officially retire as a member of the mets on september 17th oh yeah he was still a free agent all that time um since 2018, the last time he pitched in the majors, he's now 50 years old, and he'll officially retire as a Met. He's gonna retire at 50. He's got a couple more years in him. Yeah, I think he's got some years in the tank. I don't know if you guys follow him on Instagram, but he's always cutting up like 12 year olds on the field. Bro, he needs to. The Braves need to re-sign him. Facts. Bring him back. That's a jersey I want. Bartolo Colon Braves jersey. You can still get one. Oh, I'm sure. You just go to the uh, customized jersey. No, I'm I'm sure I could find one in like Mercari. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's gonna do it for the MLB. We've 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 given it its uh its time. Let's talk about the <laughs> NFL and oh god, what else to talk about to start it all off with the Jonathan Taylor situation? Because holy shit, this is weird. So I'm just gonna lay out the whole story and then we'll kind of talk about it. Jonathan Taylor, like his fellow running backs, wants to be paid more money and is eligible for an extension. He's still on his rookie deal, but he is eligible for an extension this summer. And it appears that the Colts do not want to sign him to an extension. What a surprise. Nobody wants to sign their running backs to a second contract. Well, he wants to be traded because of that, as one does. Very often now. And then Jim Ursay took to Twitter to say the running or the NFL running back situation. We have negotiated a CBA that took years of effort and hard work and compromise in good faith by both sides to say now that a specific player category wants another negotiation after the fact is inappropriate. Some agents are selling bad faith. Okay. So you're essentially attacking your running back for wanting more money and attacking all running backs for wanting more money when they so obviously deserve it. Whatever. Yeah, it's just some dumb shit that's going on right now. It, it is. And obviously, this pissed off Jonathan Taylor enough to request the trade. Uh, um, you know, we kind of already said that, but he requests a trade, which is kind of the standard now. If they're not going to pay you, you request a trade to put pressure on them. And the Colts took this pressure and just fucking ran with it. Because they placed him on the non-football injured list, meaning that they will not have to pay him until he is off of it. And it was reported that this was due to Jonathan Taylor reporting to the team that he had back pain from his independent training this summer. Okay, so that's what we keep seeing. And then Jonathan Taylor takes to Twitter and says, one, never had back pain. Two, never reported back pain. 
Not sure whose sources are, but find new ones. So the team thinks, okay, so the team says he has back pain, and that's why he's on the non-football injury list. And he, it just so happens that this lines up perfectly with him requesting a trade, wanting money, and the Colts not wanting to extend him. Well, Jim Ursay's a bitch. Yeah, obviously. Like, I hate him. Ever since we, I did my first podcast and we talked about him. <laughs> we talked about his horrible tweets. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. And then, like, Shane Steichen comes out in a press conference and says, right now he's on the football team, and when the medical staff clears him, he should be out there. So that makes it seem like the whole organization is communicating that he's injured, but Jonathan Taylor says he's not injured, and that's probably who I'd trust. But the Colts find themselves in a pretty big predicament here because after all of this happens, the other day Zach Moss, their backup running back, broke his arm. At practice. And now the only player on their roster with Zach Moss hurt and Jonathan Taylor allegedly hurt, Gardner Minshew is the only player on their roster with 100-plus carries in his career. What? Yeah. But as of now, Ursay says that he's not going to trade him and he's not going to extend him. So I have no idea what's going to happen here. Ursay's going to make Jonathan Taylor retire from football. No, he's just going to make him hold out. Like, he's take. Uh, I want him gone, man. Get him out of here. <laughs> well, the issue Roger is that he out. owns the team. So. Hell, is, does that mean Dalvin Cook might go visit the Colts? I doubt it, but he did visit with the Jets uh, on Sunday, uh, and it seemed to go well. But, yeah, I I really don't know what's going to happen in Indy. This certainly isn't helping the fact that they already have brand-new head coach, brand-new coordinators, a brand-new quarterback who probably isn't NFL-ready. It's just hurting them so much. If they they lose Jonathan Taylor, they're going to be worse than whoever comes in last in the NFC South. You mean the AFC? So, oh, 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 never mind, never mind. Okay, never mind. Yeah, you, you see the saying. correlation I'm talking about? Yeah. So they're going to be just as bad as the Saints. Uh, I don't think it would be the Saints. I think it would be the Bucks. I don't know, man. I, I trust Derek Carr. Uh, oh, dude, I totally forgot a fucking Derek Carr. <laughs> <laughs> I still thought it was going to be – I thought it was Taysom Hill. Nah, nah, we're, we're past that. Uh, but I'm sure they won't be worse than the Cardinals. Um. So, yeah, back to the, the Dalvin Cook thing that we kind of mentioned. I don't know how I feel about him going to the Jets just because Brees Hall. Like, he's yeah. going to be back soon. Yeah, and you don't want a superstar like Brees Hall to have to split time with a superstar and Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I think Dalvin to the Dolphins just makes the most sense. But didn't something already come out saying that he wasn't going to the Dolphins? I, I don't know. Uh, like, I thought I saw something like that. It it just makes the most sense in my mind. Yeah, he could go to like Buffalo, but that I don't know that that running back room would get crowded with him. So I I think the Dolphins makes the most sense. Um, I think there's a few places that could use him. 
but not a lot of places are going to go out and get him. He's going to cost money. That's the problem. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's a tricky situation. But let's talk about something kind of funny. <laughs> Marlon Humphreys tried to scare the hell out of everybody with a recent tweet. I'm going to read the start, and then I'll, I'll continue. I know this will trigger some Ravens fans, but it honestly doesn't matter because it's in the past, LOL. But Ray Rice... Dude, I read that and it scared the fuck. I was like, dude, are you about to like ruin your own career right now? Like, are you about to say some shit that that we all do not need to hear? Yeah, like starting off a sentence being like, I'm gonna trigger some Ravens fans, but Ray Rice then, really didn't. And then, I know, like, like what? That's not how you want to start. And then he just proceeds to say that Ray Rice did not get that first down on fourth and twenty nine. Clearly one yard short, horrible spot. I'm not mad. I'm just saying, LOL. Yeah, he knows what he did. I uh, Yeah, I think he does. Marlon Humphreys is a very funny guy on Twitter. So I, I think I know, like, I, I think he knew what he was doing here. Yeah. Came from a good college. Sure. You know what college that was, Grayson? I have some guesses. Yeah, let's hear it. Uh, Alabama. Nope. Uh, then I don't know. I thought that's I'm what you were going for. It, it was. It was okay. Good. Because <laughs> I was about to say, I feel like I remember him on Alabama. I'm pretty sure he's from Alabama. Yeah, he is. I think he's from Birmingham. Uh, no, I just looked it up. It's Hoover. Um, the right next to each other. Don't care. You're still wrong. All right. <laughs> yeah, I think you can all understand why I was concerned. Uh, yeah, we're not going to get never, into the details. Never start with, but I think Ray Rice. Yeah, especially, but Ray Rice did not, because <laughs> he very clearly like, did come on now. do what we were you know thinking. Better. <laughs> All right, we're not talking didn't about even this. Do nothing in the elevator. All right, next. Um, <laughs> Bro, the, Vikings, <laughs> the Vikings agreed to a new one-year deal with Daniil Hunter. Uh, twenty million dollars for that one-year deal, seventeen million guaranteed, um, and he cannot get franchise tagged. Um, that's great. I'm happy for Daniel Hunter. I think he said like I want to stay with the Vikings for the rest of my career, um, and he's been a great player for him. Yeah, that's uh, just keeps that defense elite. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, next thing though, not really defense, defensive line. Yeah, yeah, defense. Really. There's some question marks. Yeah, <laughs> but got to fix that secondary. Yeah, let's talk about the top four selling jerseys in the NFL shop right now because I'm kind of surprised by them. And oddly enough, well, actually, it's not odd at all. The, all these jerseys like just dropped. Um, They're sick as fuck. Dude. The number one jersey, the Kelly Green Eagles jersey for Jalen Hurts. That's so tough. It is. It, it really is. The number one on that jersey I'm, just works. I really want to get it. But I don't want an Eagles jersey. Yeah, no. Look, I when it comes to the NFL, I feel like, especially just like professional sports in general, I feel like you're just kind of allowed to get other players' jerseys from other teams, though. Yeah, but that's like saying if I went out and got a Bryce Harper jersey. If you can respect that he's a good player, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Really? So you yeah. wouldn't clown me if I showed up? And a Bryce Harper jersey. Dude, for like six years, Bryce Harper was my favorite non-Braves player. 
Really? Yeah, I, I can just respect the fact that he's very good. Look, when he's facing the Braves, I hate his guts. But if he's so doing if I, it against anybody else, I don't care. I'm ex- accepting that he is a great baseball player. Jose Urania. Okay, I hate Jose Urania, but only <laughs> when he was facing the Braves. <laughs> yeah, because he was hitting Ronald Acuna. Yeah. He was trying to start some shit. <laughs> uh, no, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, but... I can appreciate that he's very good at baseball. Just like yeah. I can appreciate that Jalen Hurts is fantastic. Also because the Falcons suck. <laughs> but, but back to the jerseys, man. That Kelly Green is just so Oh, it's tough. beautiful. And then the second, which very surprising to me, the second highest selling jersey on NFL Shop right now is that Jets throwback inspired jersey that just came out, and it's for Sauce Gardner. Dude, Sauce Gardner is him. He is. But, you know, you don't typically see, like, a defensive player, especially not a young defensive player, Having that many jersey sales. He just made that much of an impact. Yeah. Like, I, I would have thought, like, when this jersey came out, it'd probably be a lot of Rodgers and Garrett Wilson. Ah, fam. But, look, Sauce is the face, I guess. Yeah. Sauce and Quinn and Williams. Yeah. Thank you. But, number three, that Oilers throwback for the Titans. Derrick oh. Henry. That shit is beautiful. Oh, my God. God, dude, it's between that or the Kelly Green that I'm honestly tempted to buy because yeah. that Oilers throwback is that Oilers so throwback sick, dirty, so sick. Give me a Jeffrey Simmons. Fucking, I'm gonna order it and wear it to our draft night. <laughs> I think I'm gonna buy a Bijan jersey. I think we should. I I think we should all wear jerseys. Honestly, uh, yeah, I actually don't own an NFL jersey. Oh, dude, I got plenty. I got a. $5 NFL uh, Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl Mohamed Sanu from China. I might. I might inquire. I, <laughs> I love literally Mohamed bought it. Sanu. On, dude, I bought it online for $5. <laughs> what is it made of? Like, fucking paper? Dude, I don't know, but it's got the Super Bowl patch on it. You can definitely tell how they put it on, but. Fair enough. I don't know. Maybe I'll it's, just pull up. I have a, a vintage Dominic Wilkins jersey. Nah, fuck that. <laughs> what, that I doesn't gotta, fit for a fantasy football draft? I got a size medium Peyton Manning Colts jersey. I don't think that one's going to fit. It, it, funny story, actually. I was trying to order a Peyton Manning Colts jersey um, when I ordered when I ended up ordering this Dominic Wilkins jersey. The first thing I was going to do was order a Peyton Manning one, it, the Colts jersey and everything. And I go to order it, and the dude just like sends me a message, and he's like, nah, I already sold it. And it was just still up. He was like, I sold it a week ago. I'm like, dude, take it down. And so I ended up getting my money back from the guy and buying the Dominic Wilkins jersey. Damn. That Peyton Manning jersey would have been tough. Oh, yeah, dude. I would have worn that shit way too much. All right. (laughs) We're talking too much about jerseys. Number four on the jerseys uh, on NFL Shop right now is that purple Vikings classic that they just uh, released for Justin Jefferson, of course. Of course, you got to have a Jay Jetta. Yeah, bro. He, need, he needs to have a – the back of his jersey just needs to say Jay Jetta. Yeah. Not Jefferson. Jay. It just says Jettas. <laughs> That'd be sick. It just says Mr. Gritty. No. No. Mr. Gritty. Well, it does fit. He's purple. Um, 
Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I just totally threw myself off, bro. No, you're good, man. You're good. <laughs> I'm also Not. trying to watch Spencer Strider attempt to strike out Randall Grishuk. But nonetheless, Aaron Rodgers was asked about taking a $35 million pay cut and honestly gave the best answer he could have. He said that now big names move at the trade deadline. And I wanted to make sure that if somebody valuable came available, we'd be able to get him. I'm very inha- I'm very happy with the contract. I feel great about it. That is the mindset that we Such need a team from guy. Aaron Rodgers. Such yeah. a team. Put the team first. Exactly. We've never seen that before with Rodgers. He backs up his coaches. Yep. And he, he cares about his team. Yeah. Fuck Sean Payton. Ah. Fuck Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> Whoa, what did he do wrong? Yeah. Everything. It's not like he fucked over the Broncos last season or anything. I think Ryan Clark would say something like that, though. I think every Broncos fan, actually anybody that watched NFL football last year, would yeah. say that he did. Uh, he's a horrible head coach. I think he's a fantastic offensive coordinator, though. I don't want any problems, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Aaron, come at me, bro. <laughs> But let's talk about the head coach of the Jets um, because he announced that Zach Wilson will play in Thursday night's Hall of Fame game against the Cleveland Browns. And, yes, you heard that right. Thursday night, the Hall of Fame game. We got football this week, baby. It might be (laughs) shit football, and it's worse than a preseason game. We we most likely won't see Rodgers, Garrett Wilson, Sauce Gardner, Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, or Amari Cooper, but it's football. We're gonna see Duke Johnson. <laughs> we're we're gonna see Fucking, Michael Carter. Yeah. Um. Who else? Uh, Zonovan Knight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we see Michael Hardman. Probably not. Probably will see Corey Davis. Probably. Bum. Uh, but nonetheless, football is back, baby. Let's go. What we only got like what five more Sundays, something like that. Yeah, look, we got Hall of Fame game on Thursday, and then preseason week one starts Thursday, August tenth. I'm it's lit, baby. Let's get it. And then we're just I'm so we're high. riding. We're riding straight into week one. <laughs> oh man, I'm just ready to get drafted. Wait, you're getting drafted? Yeah. Congrats. Yeah, man. <laughs> I ship what? out in two weeks. Oh, 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 that kind of draft. I didn't think we did that much anymore. <laughs> oh, hold on. You're not getting fucking drafted. We both know why. Okay. Because <laughs> I walk like a penguin? Could be. I didn't say it. You did. All right, ACC preview time. We did the SEC last week. It was only right to do the like fourth best conference. Yeah, <laughs> After that's the best. being generous. That's being generous. No, we're better than the Big Twelve. In my so mind. what you you got SEC, Big Ten, Pac twelve, ACC, and the Big Twelve. Yeah. Split Big 12 and ACC, and I'll agree. Shut the fuck up, man. All right, you ready to get into these standings predictions? How many national championships has the Big 12 won in the last six years? Uh, Two. None. Oh, I was just guessing. Actually, let's take it back. Ten years. Two. Zero. <clears throat> but let's talk ACC 
the first year of no divisions. Standings prediction one through fourteen. We'll start at one. I'm gonna I'm gonna have, let you take the floor. You already know who I'm talking about, baby. Let's hear it. FSU. Yes, sir. Go Knowles, baby. Florida State on top. This is the year. FSU's different this year. They are, dude. Jordan Travis is different. Trey Benson is different. Johnny Wilson is ten times more than different. Motherfucker's six seven. Don't forget the uh transfer from Michigan State, Keon Coleman. Facts. Also and then, Jaheim Bell at tight end. And then on the defense, you got Jared Verse. Oh my god. Verse, whatever, whatever. Yeah, Jared Verse. Wanna... The man was gonna be a first rounder this year. No yeah. telling what he's gonna do this next year. He puts on the year we think he's gonna have, he might go one one. I don't know about that, but yeah. <laughs> we'll nah, see. If anything, if anything, maybe like four or five. Yeah, I think he's a top five potential if he if he if anything last year. One two is probably gonna be Caleb Williams, Drake May. Yeah, probably. And then maybe and then Marvin Harrison. Yeah, Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah, that that sounds yeah. about right. But who's number two? We don't we don't need to harp on Florida State just yet. I'm going Clemson. I'm going North Carolina. Okay. I, I think that North Carolina um, and Florida State, they both play Clemson. So yeah. I think if both of them get the win over Clemson, that's huge. And I think both of them can. Yeah, I got I got Clemson sitting at two just because, I, I mean, I feel like overall program to program, Clemson, like just like if you line, match up position by position, it's close, but I think Clemson edges out. Yeah, I think honestly with this whole top three, they'll they'll be wherever. Like all three of them could yeah. switch all around. the The good thing for Florida State, North Carolina, though, is they don't play each other. Yeah, I I got NC at at three though, so okay. I'm I'm with you on that. You yeah. got Clemson at three. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So two and three can flip flop. I yeah. think it's I think it's certain that FSU, if they stay healthy, will finish on top. Yeah. Look, these are all three of these teams are ten to twelve win teams. Yeah. For sure. So that that's kind of where it is. And then you get a bit of a drop-off at number four. Yeah. Who do you have there? I got NC State. Okay, I got Pitt at number four. Really? Yeah, I think they're going to have a pretty solid season. Okay. Uh, uh, I see them as like an eight-win eight team. Seven-eight win. Yeah, I, I, can, I can agree with that. I, I don't know. I just feel like NC State, they've shown me good football over the Past couple years. Yeah. It just seems like they always lose a guy, and then it just kind of – it it slowly goes downhill, and Devin Leary is the guy they lost this time. Yeah, that's that's the problem. But I don't know. I've heard good things coming out, Um, just like some articles and stuff, some some good work. But next, I don't know. I was very, very troubled when I put them. But at five, I just – I put Miami. Same. Yeah, like, I, I think there's the opportunity for them to be pretty good. I don't yeah. think they'll be great. I think seven and five is kind of Miami right there. Yeah. But I don't know. They're, they're, they have the opportunity to be very good. They have a good defense this year. Yeah. They have uh, they have this uh, safety, Carmen Kitchens. Yep. That, that's a hawk. Yeah. The dude is nasty. But I'll next, be talking next- about him later. Oh, is he in your? Yeah, I got you, dude. Me too. But uh, I have Pitt 
coming in at six. Okay, I've got Duke at six. Really? Yeah, Duke. Yeah. They have a very good quarterback. Do not okay. sleep on Riley Leonard. Riley Leonard. Very good. Okay. See, uh, so after six, after Pitt, I got Louisville. Okay, I've got NC State here. Okay. And then after Louisville, I had Duke. Okay, I have Louisville after NC State. So, so top seven. Oh, yeah, top seven, or, right or where it should eight. be. <laughs> or, yeah, top eight. Yeah, top, top eight. Right we right, have right there together. And I'm just sort of listing them off now because I don't really care too much about talking about these bottom teams. Yeah. So, like, you, you want to just list off the rest yeah, of these? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, list yours off, and then I'll do mine in my order. All right. So, coming at nine, I got Wake Forest. And then I got Syracuse. And then I got Virginia Tech. I got Georgia Tech, then Boston College, then Virginia. All right. I think you're kind of crazy putting Tech that low. Georgia Tech, that is. Um, I've got Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, Boston College, Syracuse, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Okay. So one thing we can confirm is that a a Virginia team will be in last place. Yeah, definitely. Those two teams are in horrible positions. Yeah. Like, I think all all, uh, all Virginia has is, like, one good wide receiver. Yeah. And Honestly, Virginia I think Tech has nothing. These bottom teams, they can flip-flop either way. Yeah, they could. The, the only thing we know for certain is that the top three teams are going to be FSU, Clemson, and NC. Yeah. I think that's really all we know for certain. Yeah, which is a good segue into which teams do you think will be ranked? Um, okay. I, I think in my mind, Florida State and Clemson are for sure top tens. I think North Carolina is as well. But if North Carolina loses to Clemson, that kind of pushes them back because then they like wouldn't make the conference championship game. And yeah. that's kind of why I could see them possibly dropping out of the top ten. Yeah, like I, I have I have UNC. Where do you have UNC? I have them somewhere from like 12 to 7. But they could be higher if they go undefeated. I I had UNC at fourteen. Okay. Yeah. And then I had Clemson at eight. And I had FSU, of course, in the top four. I don't know where, but okay. I had them in the top four. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like that. I think if Florida State wins all like, you know, goes undefeated, wins the conference championship game, then yeah. you know, their tickets punched, they're they're in the top four. Clemson, same thing. North Carolina, same thing. If they all go undefeated, win the conference championship game, I can't see why they wouldn't make a college football playoff. Yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, so I have Florida State and Clemson being locks for the top 10, and then North Carolina at least being like top 15, top 12. And then my only other team that could possibly be ranked is Pitt. I think they'd be somewhere from 25 to 20. Yeah, that's that's how where I have NC State. Okay. All right. So when it comes to the college football playoff, obviously Florida State, Clemson, UNC are the only ones that even have a chance. Um, I will say, though, like I said earlier, Florida State and UNC have the best chance because whoever wins the conference has to make sure that they beat the team that they they beat in the regular season. Because if you split, you might lose your opportunity. And... um, that's why FSU and UNC have an advantage because they don't play each other in the regular season and they can only match up in the conference championship game. 
So yeah. if like Florida State, if they beat Clemson and UNC, you know, happens to make it into the conference championship game, then they both have a pretty good advantage on moving forward. But if Clemson beats either UNC or Florida State, and then loses to them in the conference championship game, they're done, and vice versa. If they beat them in the regular season, lose to them in the conference championship game, they're out of the playoff. Yeah, we're going to have to request off, or request off work those two weekends. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, um, we'll get the, we'll get the uh, Blackstone. Oh yeah, we'll and... get the Blackstone fired up. I'll be grilling up some smash burgers. But let's go to the positions. Instead right. of doing Heisman candidates, because there's really only like two, uh, we're going to yeah. do the top three QBs. Number one, I got Drake May. I, I want to yeah. put Jordan Travis there, but I've just from what I've seen from Drake May, he's so complete. Yeah, he he gives me more of that NFL look than what Jordan Travis does. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat there. I love Jordan Travis, and I think college quarterback-wise, he's probably better just because yeah. of how elite of a runner he is. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, I think that Drake May is a little bit more of that NFL prototype, more than Jordan Travis, at least. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Like, I got Jordan Travis at, at, at the two spot behind Drake May. Yeah. Do you as well? Yeah. Okay. And then, who you got it as your third? My third's Riley Leonard from Duke. Really? Yeah. I, I really got Cade like him. from Clemson. Yeah, Cade's my first one off. I, I just, I haven't been that impressed from what I've seen, even though it's a small sample size, I have not been impressed by Cade Klubnik. Yeah. I, you know, I'm the honest. I like, I just haven't really heard much myself from Riley Leonard. So yeah, really, uh, and you're not going to hear much, much from any Duke quarterback. Unless he just comes out and wins. Yeah. Every game. It's kind of like Daniel Jones. Like nobody really heard of him. And then Duke had a good season and he went pretty high in the draft. Yeah, and he's balling out for the Giants. Yeah, now he makes $40 million. <laughs> or whatever it is. <laughs> so, yep. yeah, I, I, I like those rankings. Uh, I think that, that Cade Kolobnik certainly could be great. I just yeah. think that from He's having, got some more too. Yeah, from not seeing all that much of him yet, I'm not that impressed, and I am impressed by Riley Leonard. Well, I think it's because we were given Deshaun Watson – and then Trevor yeah. Lawrence. Yeah, and then we had to see the horrible play of DJ. Yeah. And like, now Cade Klubnik's just the comeback. Yeah. Like he's the step in the right direction after DJ. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what Clemson was thinking about when they signed DJ. Well, uh, they were thinking about the fact that he was the number 1 quarterback coming out of a prestigious quarterback school and was very good. <laughs> That's what they were thinking. Now he sucks. Yeah, he does suck now. But let's talk running backs. All right. I got Will Shipley. Okay. I like Will Shipley a lot. You're taking Trey Benson. Yeah, I'm taking Trey Benson. How could I not? How can I not take Trey Benson number one? (laughs) That's just that that injury he's coming off of is the only thing that kept. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not scared. Yeah, that's the only thing that kept me from putting him one. Look, I, I, I like Will Shipley. But I think he's just overinflated by his usage because they used him yeah. a lot last year. And it's not going to go away. They're going to use him a lot this year. Yeah. That's what, like, yeah, he's going to put up the numbers, but he's going to have, like, double the carries of Trey Benson because Trey Benson's got to share the ball, not just with the passing game, 
but also with Lawrence Toafili and the other guys in that running back room. Yeah. I don't know. I it, they could go either way. It's, yeah. It, those players that could go either way. But if say we come back to it once college football starts and Trey Benson's just taken the league by storm. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um so obviously that's our top two, I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay. I'm curious who you have at the three spot. I have Jahar Jordan. Oh same. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't get like a huge sample size from him last year, but that's 142 carries, 815 yards, four touchdowns. And you take out the fact that you had, uh, what was it, Malik Cunningham at quarterback who liked to run the ball a lot. You take that away from them, and now Jahar Jordan gets a ton more carries. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're about to see that sample size yeah. quadruple this season. Yeah, he's technically in his fifth year um, this season. He played in 2015, 2019. Yeah. 2021 and now 2022 and I gotta say like I'm, I'm pretty happy um with what we saw last year um I believe he transferred to Louisville yeah from Syracuse after um 2019 2020 which was uh you know he gained an eligibility year there and then 2021 I I'm super happy um with what we've seen from Jahar Jordan, he's a little bit smaller, but you know, that's kind of normal. 210, 180. He's got crazy speed. That's the big yeah. thing. Which that's been the trend in college recently is yeah. elusive, fast, and hit your gaps and can run a ninety yard touchdown in the snap of a finger. Oh yeah. He he's that, very good. Yeah. Cause there's everyone's got their fair share of like uh, dominant running backs like your Derrick Henrys and stuff like that. But to see the elusive running backs is always going to be staple of a running back. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's hop into wide receivers. Uh, you already right. know who my number one is. Mine's Johnny Wilson. Yeah, same. He is so far ahead of the field when it comes yeah. to wide receivers in this conference. I was looking at the wide receiver list, and I just Johnny Wilson was just – the most obvious number one. Yo, he is and, undeniable. And he's 6'7", 240, and he's yeah. fast as shit, and he can jump. Bro, he he's like top five in almost all of college football. Yeah, bro should be a small forward. <laughs> like, he's insane. And just another, just the embodiment of the, the, the strength of Florida State in the transfer portal. Getting him from Arizona State last year was so huge. And last season, in only he only had 43 receptions. He had 897 yards and five touchdowns. Should have had way more touchdowns, but, you know, he was getting a little bit more used when he has space. That's his biggest thing. Maybe he was not going to get a ton of touchdowns, but what he's going to do is make catches when he's got space to move. And he's also had his fair share of absolutely beautiful touchdown catches like that one in the back corner of the end zone. Um, yeah. I can't remember who we were playing, but that catch was ridiculous. And I think that this year is going to be just no exception to his greatness. Yeah. I think it'll be a breakout year for him for sure. All right. Who's your second guy? I'm interested to hear. I got uh, Ollie Jennings from Virginia Tech. Yeah. He's really good. I just don't trust their quarterback play. Yeah, that 
I was on the fence about it, but that's who I got at my sec at my two spot. All right, my two spot. I have uh, another Florida State one. <laughs> Keon Coleman. He's a transfer. Um, came in from uh, Michigan State. Just he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Last year at Michigan State, fifty-eight receptions, seven hundred ninety-eight yards, seven touchdowns, six-four, two fifteen. So another huge wide receiver. It very physical. I can't imagine an offense with these two wide receivers. Like, it's crazy. It's like having Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins in their prime. Yeah, and he's playing in warmer weather now. Yeah. So, yeah, look, the kid's from Louisiana, man. He needs that weather. Yeah. he. I had him at number three. All right. Yeah, kid's insanely good and just such a perfect build for a wide receiver. Just don't list off another Florida State wide I'm receiver. I'm not. I'm not. I have another. Uh, mine is Tez Walker from UNC. Okay. Um, I can't remember where he transferred from. I'm going to pull it up now. Um, give me one second. Um, he transferred from Kent State. And I think he's going to be the biggest weapon for Drake May this year. Last season, he had 58 receptions for 921 yards and 11 touchdowns for Kent State. And I I see this year going no different. Yeah. I like that. He even had a rushing touchdown last year. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Three carries, 29 yards, one rushing touchdown. Running like a sweep or something? Couldn't tell you. (laughs) I would assume that's the case. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what Drake May and Devontae Walker can do together. Yeah, I mean, a- ACC's got some good wide receivers. They do, man. They definitely do. Uh, but let's talk defense. I I have Jared Verse at number one. I I it feels so so biased to be taking Florida State players at but number it, one. It's in, like, really all of not. These. It's no, really they not. Just, they have such good talent. Because I'm taking him as well. Yeah. Look, he was already projected like late first rounder last year. He decides to stay at Florida State so that he can get another year in that Power Five level. Yeah, and I, I think this year is just going to be crazy. Like last season, he was out of his mind good, and just continued to show it in every single game. Yeah, this season I mean, he is going to be crazy. He's very similar to Perkins over at LSU. Yeah. The way he plays, like, yep. him and Perkins will be the one and two top defensive ends in the league. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, Jared Verse had nine sacks last year. Yeah, that's a lot in college. Oh, yeah. All so. right, but number two, I got Jeremiah Trotter. Same. Insanely line- good linebacker for Clemson. Line- dude, he's he's a beast. Yeah, he covers so much ground. Yeah, dude, he can drop back into coverage and – pick off passes and deflect, or he can just blow up the line and absolutely decapitate the fucking quarterback. Yeah, insanely good. Like last year, he had 49 solo tackles, six and a half sacks, one forced fumble, and two interceptions. Yeah, so he, great. If I'm putting it together, we're, we're going to have the same three defensive players, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, you've put it together correctly because Cameron Kitchens is easily... Number three here, the safety for Miami, just an absolute beast on the field. He's a hawk, bro. Yeah. An absolute ball hawk. That, that's he was, his. He was tied for the lead in interceptions last year. 
Bro, that is his special ability in in NCAA. Yeah, <laughs> his ball is ball hawk. Yeah, like the man will roam the whole field. Yeah, and he hits like a fucking train, especially yeah, for bro. being five eleven, two o two. Yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, fucking his name from Seattle. Main safety from Legion of Boom. Why oh, can Cam I not? Chancellor? Yes. That's yeah. who he reminds me of when he plays. Yep. Like, jeez. Yeah, he is a, a force to be reckoned with. Too bad Miami's shit. Yeah, man. Why, why couldn't <laughs> he just transfer to Florida State? That's what I'm saying. He should have. Or Bama. I would have taken nah, him to Bama. Nah. Yeah. You guys will be all right. <laughs> I guess I'll take, I'll take Kool-Aid at the DB spot. Yeah, you'll be okay. Uh, but that's gonna do it for the ACC. I'm I'm excited. I think this will be one of the better yeah. ACC seasons that we see. Because yeah, um, usually it's, recently, usually it's shit football coming yeah, out of it's this. Typically, pretty bad. But we got a couple teams that we can look forward to having great seasons and giving yeah. uh, SEC Big Ten run for their money. Oh yeah, it's certainly a top heavy conference. But oh yeah, it's certainly got its strengths. But let's get into some fun, man. Top yes, five. We're, we're, we're going away from top three, bottom three this week. We're doing a top five draft sports movies based on a true story. It can either be a true story, like based on a true story, documentary, biopic, whatever. As long as it happened remotely close, it can be taken. It's a snake draft. Colin's got the first pick. I'll get the second pick and the turnover into the second round. Colin, let's hear it. You already know we got to take it. One, give me the 1-1, one, one, give me Moneyball. Yep. Yeah, I figured like, that was coming. It's, am I wrong? No, you're not. Not at all. Thank you. It's so good. It is. It, it's undeniably so a fantastic movie. If you're just a, if all right, so if you're a baseball fan in specifics, watch the damn movie. I'm sure you already have. Yeah. But if for some reason you haven't, Watch it. And if you have, watch it again. And I don't mean just sit there on your phone and let it play in the background. I mean, don't pick up your phone for the entire movie and watch it. Yeah, and if you watch the movie five, six, maybe ten times, like my case, watch read it the book. Times. Yeah. Dude, read the no. book. I listened to the audiobook. It was great. Yeah. I love that they took Jonah Hill into a serious role. Yeah. But he still got that fun. Yeah, but he's more known for like, like his like, like, like Twenty One Jump Street. Yeah, we'll super take for bad. Example. Yeah, his. It, uh, what I'm lo- looking for the word, rated R funny humor. Yeah, and he gets put in a more serious role, and he fucking kills it. Oh yeah, Pete. So, yeah, Pete. Let, let me <laughs> snap the fingers. Yep. All right, what do you got, Gray? Ah, uh, it's tough. Uh, since I've got two in a row, I'm gonna do them in this order. Okay. I'm gonna take 42. Oh, okay. I absolutely love the movie. Fantastic. Obviously, one of the greatest stories ever. Oh yeah. Um, uh, you know, the story of a, a true pioneer. Um, of not yeah. just a sport, but uh, of racial equality and, and uh, an insane story. Um, about Jackie Robinson, of course, and portrayed by 
the now late Chadwick Boseman. Just an absolutely amazing movie. Such good think, acting, such good storytelling. I don't think they could have picked a better person than Chadwick Boseman. No, he play. played that role so perfectly. So good. And um, to now turn it over into the second round, this one's a classic for me. It, it's a it's a family favorite. Remember the Titans. Ah, uh, so many times that uh, that movie is yeah. on TV. My dad flips it on. The whole family watches it. And it's so good. Yeah. And it's just sunshine. It's I love that movie. <laughs> it's I love it. Absolutely insane. It, to this day, I'll just like if I hear anybody say left side, I say strong side. Left side, strong left side. side. Yes, sir. All right. So Gary Boutier, baby. It comes to you. Second round, second pick. All right. My second pick. Give me Rudy. Boo. Rudy fucking sucks. What? Yeah, that's that movie is ass. No, no shot. Movie's ass. Story's ass. I love that movie. Sucks. Okay, that's sorry. I, I knew you were right, gonna well, take sticking it. with football. It sucks. Sticking with football. Give me when the game stands tall. Great movie. Great pick. You, it's so good. So good. A yeah. high school with the longest winning streak, like over a hundred games. Yeah, fighting through adversity. Whole like freshman class and it's just coach you know taking a bunch of arrogant football players molding them into men oh yeah it, it, fantastic. it doesn't get better than that fantastic yeah. pick colin um i'm gonna i'm gonna steal one from you because i think you you were gonna take this one you thought it would drop late taking mcfarland usa oh that was my next fucking <laughs> this movie is so fucking good dude it is amazing. Fantastic uh, story. Just like Remember the Titans. It's a fantastic story of a turnaround, uh, of inspiration to kids, of just uh, absolutely insane athletic like adversity. It's awesome. Danny Diaz oh, yeah. is the best in that movie. Definitely. Yep. And then to turn it around into round four... I'm gonna go Ford versus Ferrari. Such a good movie. Really? Yeah. I wasn't a fan. I loved that movie so much. I, I wasn't a fan. Yeah. Well so you know, racing kind of stuck with my family, my mom's side, big part of our <laughs> family. So I have a, a big connection to this one. I love Le Mans. I think that's a very cool thing that we do every year. And you know, with this year's yeah. Le Mans being that um the first year they, they sent a, a NASCAR like car into I, I loved this movie. I actually I watched it relatively recently for the first time. I had obviously heard about it and heard the glowing reviews, but yeah. uh, like a couple of months ago, I decided to watch it. And it's so fucking good. I will say, what the one time that like I tried to watch it, I just couldn't get into it. So we'll we'll definitely have to watch it again. Yeah, and I'll focus a little bit more on it for sure. So All right. How many how many picks have you done? I've done four. Four. So it's and this is your I fourth have, here. I have fourth and fifth. Yep. And you ended with fifth, right? Yep. All right. Fourth pick. Give me Hoosiers. Nice. 
Got to gotta get a basketball movie in there. Yep. Such a good movie. Such a good movie. I don't even have to describe it because everybody's fucking seen it. Such a good movie. And now fifth is hard. Because I was telling, I was talking to you about this because like there's so many good movies out there, and we're definitely gonna go through some honorable mentions. Oh yeah, but I gotta take it just for what it's about. Give me Cool Runnings. Oh, that's such a good pick. Give me Cool Runnings. I love that. Jamaican bobsled. Yeah, love that pick. Yeah. Uh, who would pass up the option to watch a movie about a Jamaican national team? In going exactly. Like, come <laughs> on now. Yeah, that's a fantastic pick. Um, all right, my final pick. I think I gotta agree with what you said a, a few minutes ago. You gotta take a basketball movie. Oh, I know what you're taking, Coach I Carter. Know. Yes, Bring sir. It to me. Yes, sir. Such I love such a good movie. I actually watched that yesterday. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, my God. So good. And yeah. Cruz. Yep. The part when he's like, oh, what is it? Our, our our fears that we are inadequate. Oh, yeah. I haven't watched it in a couple of years, but. Oh, man. Such a good fucking movie. All right. Yeah. It's time for some honorable mentions. I know you've got quite 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 a few so i'll yeah, let I you mean, just we, go ahead and roll all right so we got the blind side shit movie really yeah i i think it's so boring okay radio great movie yeah i wanted to take it but it's it didn't really make my cut now have you seen greater on netflix uh no i have not it's about a walk on at arkansas who Basically, is just throughout the movies told he's just like not good enough, and he's never gonna cut weight to be able to play college football. Yeah, and stuff like that. But he has a strength and conditioning coach that works with him, um, and basically, it's just an inspirational movie, telling like to just never give up on yourself and always uh, pursue your dreams. Yeah, but I'm not gonna spoil it because at the end, it's very, very fucking sad. Okay. Um. And then one more I got, it's The Rookie. Yeah, it's a good one. So good. But I, I, I still can't believe you don't like The Blind Side. I don't know. It's, it's just not. I not think I think story. when we were I think when we were kids, it got overplayed a lot. That, well, I think it's just overhyped in general. It, it's a decent yeah. movie, but the fact that people think it's so good makes it worse. Yeah, like it's got a good story, but there's just so many better stories. Yeah. Definitely stuff like that, and like it had great actors. Like, don't get me wrong, Sandra Bullock played great in it. Yeah, and the little little boy, I don't know his real name, but so good. Yeah, but he's not a better character than the little girl in Remember the Titans. No, dude. <laughs> yeah, but uh, my my uh, honorable mentions: Trouble with the Curve. It, it's oh kind of my. a sh- it's kind of shit. Like when you actually like watch it and like break it down from like a film standpoint, but I love yeah. it. I love mm. it so much. Uh, also, Draft Day. Yeah. Once again, one yeah. of those movies that like when you look at it, it's kind of shit, but like it's, it's such it's a, a good fun watch. movie to watch. Yeah. Um, like you pancake eating motherfucker. Yeah. But also, I hold on before you keep going. I got one more that I forgot. Okay. Million Dollar Arm. I was never a huge fan of that one, but like I, I respect the story. 
Yeah, like getting two guys from India. Yeah. Becoming the, the first two Indian Major League Baseball players. Yeah. It's not bad. Oh. So, um, my other one is Rush, the one with uh, Chris Hemsworth. And um, yeah, I'm um, blanking is, on is his it, name. Is it the Formula One? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember that. The actor's name, I think it's Daniel Brule. Yes, yeah, Daniel Brule uh, plays Michael Schumacher. It's such a good fucking movie. Yeah, it's incredible. I've I've never seen it. Really, dude, you gotta yeah. watch it. It's on Netflix. All right, I'll watch it. I'll probably watch it tonight. Going to bed. Yeah, it is so fucking good. Just absolutely like, it's like action packed, but also like you know. It's, it's got sad moments. It's got great moments. It's got funny, like, yeah, literally like a roller coaster. Such a good fucking movie. Yeah, it, for sure. All right. I can't really talk about too much about it. Uh, hold on. Oh, but there's also race. Jesse, a uh, story about Jesse Owens. Yeah, that one's really good. Um, sea biscuit. Yes, sea biscuit. There's like there's just so many good options, man. Yeah, there is. Like we could sit here for hours and talk about it. Yeah, we we Bull, could genuinely. Bull, Bull Durham. Yeah, a field of their own. Field of dreams. A league of their own. Oh yeah, that's what I meant to say. I mixed the oh, two yeah, okay. together. Yeah, a league of their own. Field of dreams. It's just it's everywhere, man. Yeah. Eight so eight men out. Yeah. Um. Oh, what's the one? Um. With Mark Wahlberg, he's like plays for the Eagles or whatever. Oh, uh, Invincible. Yeah. Yes. That one's great. That's on Disney Plus. Yeah. The greatest game ever played. Yep. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, golf. that one's great. All right, we gotta stop. Yeah, we, we, yeah we're we gonna do. go. We need we're to gonna stop. go all night. And we've already gone two hours and nineteen, almost twenty minutes. So we appreciate you guys joining us for the ride. And if you really yeah. want to show that you ride with us. Make sure you're following us on all social media platforms. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, commenting on YouTube. Make sure that you are leaving a five-star review and following on Spotify and Apple. And uh, if you're on another streaming service, I don't know, just keep watching. I don't think there's anything else you could really do, but keep watching. And um, we'll keep making them. So, uh, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. Colin, thank you once again for joining us. Yeah, and then let me just tell you, and if you try to give us the answer that you don't have enough time, I know damn well you got to drive somewhere throughout the day. Play it in the car. Yeah. Listen to it before you go to sleep. Listen to it while you're shitting. Listen to it while you're in the shower. Yeah, throw it on the shower. Make the whole house listen. Yeah, there we go. But also make them play it individually on their own devices. Yeah, we got to get those views up. Yep. All right. We'll catch y'all next week. Well, Colin will catch y'all next week. All right. I'll catch y'all on Friday. Peace. Peace.